0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Tuesday morning. London town. Hello. <laughs> there you go. That's if you're a tourist. Hello. If you're an overseas visitor. Hello. If you're an American. You okay? And uh, and if you're British, good God, you're a rarity. Anyway, it's nice to have you company this morning. I trust you are uh, feeling perky. I'm fairly per, Not as perky as normal. But actually today I should be feeling a bit perkier because it's the first time in what seems like weeks that I'm actually going to finish the programme at half past six and go home because normally I've got interviews to do. And yesterday we had Dominic Cooper, who was uh, starring in Mamma Mia. He's got a new film out And so we had a good chat to him yesterday. That'll be coming out very shortly. We've got, I think we've got Anita Dobson later this week. Ben Fogel's dropping in. Loads of people for In Conversation. So that's something to look forward to as well. Uh, Plus, we've got stories in the papers, which we can get our teeth into. We did see a traffic warden, though. We did see a traffic warden. My driver pointed him out to me as we were coming through um, Piccadilly Circus, which is full of illegal minicabs. Still, you know, people touting for business. Anybody who's in a, you know, like a dormobile... I don't know how old that makes me. With, with sort of seats in the back of it, or a converted transit van, and they don't have all the green sticker on there, is touting. That's why they're driving around. We saw one today touting, baby on board on the back. He's touting. He's an illegal. He's an illegal minicab, and there's no police. I, we didn't see one police officer in London, and we drive right through the middle. you straight through the middle. Not a police officer in sight. Where are they? Have they cut back so badly in London we don't have anybody? I don't even hear the sirens wailing. I mean, I could, you know, from where we are at the back of the Charing Cross Road here and from the front of the building, I don't see the blues and twos going up and down this road. And There must be more crime here than I've ever heard before. I told you yesterday about a friend of mine being mugged on the streets of London. And I think it goes on all the time. People get mugged in daylight. You know, and the the, the answer is you've got people now who, to them, it's nothing to mug. So they couldn't care less. I couldn't care less. It's quite worrying, isn't it? I'm just, you know, they all say at some point you're going to bump into a friend of yours who's been mugged or attacked or something. I spoke to a guy yesterday. I won't tell you who it is uh, because he's, uh, he's very well known to me. He said, and a friend of his was in Kingston. This is about um, a year ago. Could be a year. Um, I don't know. I can't remember the, the actual time span. But anyway, he was, he was in a club in Kingston. He comes outside and he gets targeted by these, by these fellas. Because what these fellas have done, and this is where you've got to be careful, they go into the nightclubs. And what they're doing is they're going round and they're checking out who's got a nice watch, who's standing at the bar getting their money out. You've got to watch everybody now. So when he came out of the club, he had his wallet, which he had about £500 in, admittedly, and he had uh, a Cartier watch on. And they targeted him outside the club, because they'd seen him in the club. You know, in the club, people tend to forget. You get your wallet out, yeah, drink, blah, 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 and people see what you've got. So they targeted him, so this bloke said, we want your watch and your, uh, and your wallet. He said, you're not having it. He said, you're not having it. And so he then nutted the bloke out of this, this group of six people. He nutted him. And this bloke went down like a sack of potatoes. The next thing, he's having all hell kicked out of him by the other people there. But true to his word, they never got his watch, they never got his wallet, but he got beaten up in the process. And he said, why would I give it to those sort of toe rags? I said, "But that's the trouble nowadays. I spoke to another lady yesterday, and I was explaining the story of my friend who got mugged, and she said, to be honest with you, she said, he actually probably got away fairly lightly with losing 250 quid. She said, either that, or it could be in our hospital mortuary slab with a knife in his back. She said, that's the worst thing nowadays. You don't know. If you say to these people, I haven't got any money, do they beat you up anyway? Or they just go, oh, sorry, mate, and then walk off. You know, the truth of the matter is these were children out on the street and they should be caught. They managed to catch the uh, people very quickly who it is alleged torched that Islamic boarding school. That didn't take them very long, did it? And normally CCTV is so difficult to look at. You look at it and you think, because we had, uh, we had CCTV put in and it's, it monitors 24 hours a day and we've got a six-camera system. So you can't go anywhere on the property without being caught by, by the cameras. And it's perfect quality. It's digital. But some of the things you see on the television look like they've been recorded on a hand-cranked camera. You know, America's Most Wanted or something like... Oh, I tell you, I hate that programme. Which is the programme that's got that buffoon of a man with a ponytail on and dark glasses and the wife with a chest that makes her look like Dolly Parton but with no talent at all, I'm afraid. And they go round there and he's a bounty hunter. Dog the bounty hunter. What a, what a chav family they've got, what a, oh, I hate him, I absolutely hate him, I hate him, I hate his uh, his son, I hate their, fr- oh, they're just vile people, they go round there, come on man, because we're going to put you, oh, go away you silly little girl's blouse, go away, and that ghastly wife of his, oh, what a disgusting family, not half as disgusting though as the wedding planner not half as disgusting as The Wedding Planner. This is some ugly woman who sits there and it's Millionaire Wedding Planner. Why, you'd ever want to go to this old bag? I can't imagine. She was so blooming useless. She could barely sort her own life out. And she shouts at people. Oh. You know, our somebody's not thrown her out the blooming window with her two ugly cohorts who work on the series with tattoos and piercings. Pfft! I'll tell you, if you were rich, they're nouveau. That's what they are, nouveau. America's full of nouveau people. People who pretend that they're rich, but they're not really. They've got no manners. They've got no class. They've got nothing at all. I feel really sorry for a couple. They go to Spain, right? And uh, they're called Jeff Cox and Bridget Keys. And uh, they, um, it, it's, a, it's a cycling tour. A lot of people do these cycling tours, you pedal, 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 and you go from town to town to town, pedal, 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 and then you go to the next town, pedal, pedal, and then you stay in a, in, a, in a place and all the rest of it. Anyway, so they go out to a, a restaurant, and when the, when the bill came, they found that they'd been charged an extra £12 for a paella that they never had. So they said to the waiter, hey, Manuel, here, come here, we didn't have that. Yes, you did, said the waiter. No, we didn't, said the couple. We didn't have that extra pipe. Don't be stupid. We didn't have it. So uh, it was 15 euros. Now, I don't know if you're aware, but there are a lot of bent people working in restaurants that will try any trick on. And uh, you, you pay. Anyway, so he said, I'm not paying. A little bit of an argument ensued. Anyway, the police were called. The couple were thrown in jail. They were thrown in jail. And uh, the police demanded compensation as well. You've got to watch Spanish police, they're a bit bent. OK, be very careful if you go there. You're dealing, you know, you're dealing with sort of a, a different, different laws and everything else like that. Anyway, they actually pointed out, no, the waiter had made a mistake. They hadn't had this extra paella. So, um, this poor, poor Mr Cox, he said, I was charged with assault on the police, resisting arrest, defrauding a restaurant, and these were criminal charges. I could get a year in jail. He said, plus we were told the police had filed for damages against us. It was unbelievable, isn't it? You know, a bent waiter in a restaurant in Spain, and this couple get arrested. After an agonising seven-hour wait, they were taken to court. We were told the criminal charges had been dropped. However, the police damages claimed remained and they had to return to court two days later. That messed up their holidays. They came back to Granada at a cost of €200 to have our day in court. We still didn't know what was happening. The prosecution demanded fines of €360 each €260 damages to the police. In the end, we were fined €78 and €250 damage for me... Throwing my face against his fist. Think about that one. They also paid a £340 legal bill. He said, it's an absolute outrage. He said, and we must still make sure our fine gets paid to the right place. If it gets lost in the system, we could find ourselves facing a European extradition warrant, so I'm still worried about it. Tell them to go stick it where the sun doesn't shine. Bent policemen and bent restaurant owners need sorting out. And they'll they'll try this on. It's like dealing with the Viennese police. They are so thick. The police in Vienna are, th- Austrian police, dumbest in the world. You can get away, you can slip them money and they'll, they'll drop charges. They're like that. Mind you, you could probably find policemen over here doing do roughly the same thing, you know. But uh, it's, how embarrassing, you go out and you go, we didn't have that paella. You have that. I never, we- listen, look at the wife, she's as thin as a rake. We never had it. You're dealing against people, they go, no, you had it and you're going to pay the extra money. So in the end, it costs them dear. Cost them dear, Pauls. I felt a bit sorry for them. I might boycott Spain on the strength of that. I might decide not to go there ever again. Not that I've been there for eight. I couldn't care. That's actually about Spain. It used to be the cheap Brit holiday, but there's far nicer, nicer places. A friend of mine went to Croatia. He said it was really, really nice. Really, really good. He said, really, really cheap food. Beautiful scenery. He said, lovely people. Not all attractive, but there you go. Kind of everything, can you? You know, sometimes there are nations of unattractive people. That's one of them. And so they. he said, but we really liked it. He said, it's ever so pretty, but so cheap. So cheap. Um, front page of The Sun this morning... It's the story that uh, everyone was running with with the other day. The jury who took twenty nine minutes to clear former Corrie star Andrew Lansell of four sex attacks on a teenage boy. It's interesting what, what the judge said though. When you read, what, but I mean, the jury. The moment I I heard this, it was twenty nine minutes. I thought they'd obviously decide. That jury went in there. Twenty nine minutes is a fast turnaround on a case like this. I would have expected a few hours deliberation, but quite clearly they'd all made their minds up. Can't, there can't have been anybody that probably needed persuading that um, that he was he was innocent, and so, although the judge kind of intimated otherwise, he, he sort of he sort of. In fact, I think the wife walked out of court at one point because the judge said that uh, the husband may still have had sex with this boy, but the jury found him innocent. They cleared him in twenty nine minutes, which is very very fast, and he was. Um, I should imagine exhausted at the end of that, and the worst thing is the person who's made the claims against him is somebody known to them. It's a, supposedly a friend. I don't know what sort of friend that is, ladies and gentlemen? But there you go. And uh, so that's on the front page of the uh, the papers. Lots of people talking about Mandela, saying what we said yesterday, which was highlighting what the South African Sunday newspaper said. Listen, let him let him go. You know, don't keep keeping him alive if he, if he's ready to go. You know, and some people are at 94. 94? I can't believe how old he is. But uh, he says, you know, he's 94. Let him rest now. And so, you know, if it's, if it's God's will, then it's God's will. He can he can go in his own peaceful way. Uh, more um, Muslim terrorists. Just a bit like looking at sort of... What do you sort of think the, the prisons must be absolutely full of Muslims now. In In one of them, did they not have to put in a mosque or something? Because there were so many terrorists. This is six... Here, these jihadists who jeered after the sentencing. Well, you've got 114 years to carry on jeering all by yourselves in prison. I'm surrounded with that one too much in prison. Um, what's this one here? Um, I'm trying to find something which, um, you know, which is going... Oh, somebody said something which is interesting. I think Nick Ferrari might pick up on this one. Um, as this... Uh, as all the Islamic centres have boosted security. Somebody has said, this is uh, Imam Abid Salik, mosques must open their doors and be part of the community. Have you ever been in a mosque? I've never been in a mosque. Have you ever been invited to be in a mosque? No, I've never been invited either. I've got no idea what goes on in there. Not a clue. But that's what he says, the Imam Abid Salik. And uh, he offered the EDL tea and biscuits. Seems fairly nice. I don't think they eat biscuits, but it doesn't matter. Probably go for a cup of tea. But he said mosques and so, they've got to become part of the community. It's got to be, you know, none of this sort of closed-door policy. Let's, let's open up, let's see what's going on. Then people can, you know, it's, it's quite nice. Still got that woman on the front pages, you know, the uh, hysterical stupid woman, the 30-year-old, who did apologise, now she's not apologised. And she says here, I'm not an unhinged hysterical woman. No, but you're incredibly dumb. And that's what we said yesterday. 30 years old, even the security went 30. We all agreed in the office, most of us, we thought it was a stunt. That's what we all came to think The first thing James O'Brien said, he said, it sounds like a stunt. I said, what it does to me? I said, because she's 30. I said, she. so she put her violin down. She walks forward. She's got these eggs up her tights. How oh, You keep six eggs up your tights. So I've got no idea, but anyway... Oh, somebody will make up that uh, that story a little bit later on. And so she, and then she pelts Simon Cowell with it. Uh, she's had work cancelled since then. Good, good. I hope it collapses completely. She said she hates what he's done to the music industry. She's even more stupid than I thought. This man has brought pleasure to millions and millions and millions of people. He's donated millions, and I mean millions, to charity. So many people have been helped out by what Simon... You might not necessarily agree with everything he does, because it's all a bit... You know, here today, gone tomorrow kind of stuff. But you cannot deny what he's done. I hope nobody touches you with a barge pole. You're the stupidest 30-year-old. It's ever been my misfortune to read about in the newspapers. And I am unanimous in that. Fantastic. We've we've jailed that uh, coke-dealing granny. Remember Josie Gibson, that old baggage you've pitched up on uh, Big Brother and lost loads of weight? Uh, It's her her grandmother, jailed for four years yesterday after 12 years on the run. She's 72. Diane Gibson is her name. She's a coke dealer. That's what she does. She's been running away like a frightened little girl. Anyway, you can now spend the rest of your life and die in prison, as far as I'm concerned. She was convicted of possessing three kilograms. Three kilograms? That's quite a lot, isn't it? That's about a quarter of a million pounds worth, coke dealer. Hope you rot in prison, love. Hope you rot in prison. Anyway, it was interesting to see that poor little Josie, uh, who won Big Brother in 2010, was in court. She said, afterwards, I'm so relieved. Yeah, we're all relieved she's jailed, love. We're all relieved the old bag's in prison. String her up, as far as I'm concerned. Coke dealers, honestly. Don't you just hate them? And am I the only... Excuse me. Am I the only one paying tax in this country? Now it turns out Thames Water haven't paid any tax either. Is it just me? Am I am I covering for everybody? It's ridiculous. And apparently, I mean, it's a corporation, uh, you know, tax dodge, but it's legal. That's the stupid thing. All you do is you do the same as Starbucks. You go, uh, we haven't, we even though we made five hundred and forty nine million pounds profit, we've ploughed it back into the company, and so that's our investment. So we don't need to pay any tax. How can you honestly, little people out there, and that's all of you, who are paying tax? Why don't we just stop? Why don't we just stop paying tax? I don't understand why. We have to work all the hours God sent. I happily send off my money to Thames Water, thieving old so and so's, and all for them not to bother paying tax. I know it's legal, but can I have the same benefits that they've got? Can I reinvest in Steve Allen? You know, I'm buying food so I stay alive, so I'm reinvesting in myself. I'm trying to make myself perhaps I could reinvest by having cosmetic surgery. Perhaps I could have boat or oh, maybe not Botox. Or anything like that. I mean, I d- I've thought about it. I've looked at the way Simon Cowell's turned out. All these people with all the money in the world, and they end up looking like you know the last turkey hanging up in the shop at Christmas. And Simon Cowell's face does look a bit bloated. The trouble is, if you're if you're prone to be tubsikins, then you're going to put on a bit of weight, and the Botox just freezes everything. That's why you have to ha- keep having it done. It it doesn't doesn't actually serve any useful purpose because it makes him look peculiar. You, you can spot people who've had it done. I can't move, like that. And Simon Cowell's a little bit like that at the moment. <laughs> um, somebody will do it to that viola player, that woman whose career is just about finished. Um, other stories in the papers today. I can't, can't get excited about anything, really. Oh, poor old Prince Philip. It's interesting we're running a trail with Nick Ferrari, saying he's been there four days and nobody's visited him. I think that's how they work in the royal family. I'm afraid I had to disagree with Nick on that one, because... It's a case of he's got to undergo tests. They can't all be... You know, the doctors must be... Listen, can you stop hanging around the bedside? I mean, it was bad enough the poor soul got Prince Edward to go. You know, how, how is how is your old man, said some reporter. He's very well, thank you, said Prince Edward. Not the butchers' member of the royal family. But uh, he was down there. I mean, if, and then the, no, the Queen pitched up. But that's what they do. They don't They don't worry about things like that. If you remember, the Queen never never cries at any of these sort of things... She never gets emotional. The only time she cried is when Britannia got taken away from her. That was the only time. Or a corgi dies, but frankly, you know, happily see the end of the uh, the corgi. Graham Norton has uh, split from his boyfriend. He used to be called, he was with Trevor. I mean, nobody can go out with anybody called Trevor, don't be so ridiculous. I mean, Graham and Trevor, it just sounds like a joke. No, no, better off single, Graham, better off single, but uh, he, he's living with, with the dogs. I think that's, you know, the four legged type that he's got going on. But he so he split with his boyfriend. Um Norton said his mum, Rhoda, feared he would end up living a lonely life when he came out of the closet. The last thing I should imagine Graham Norton is, is lonely. People all say that, don't they? They say if you're single, you must be really lonely. You're joking, of course. You're joking. You know, it's it's just it's the be- I mean, today I'm like so busy. So busy. I bought this thing from from um from Amazon and it's to do your nails. And it's a little battery-operated thing, and you put uh, little heads in it, and you can take the cuticles back. Well, I, half an hour I was on it last night. I sort of, zzz, zzz, and then I was sort of massaging the cuticles back. Because, since I've had my teeth done, I've not bitten my nails, and I'm a bit excited. I've never had nails before. I've seriously never had nails, and so I'm actually seeing nails growing. I mean, it's for the first time since I was... days I start biting my nails? I don't know. That's so the age I could put my fingers in my mouth, I suppose. So, 27 lines. Anyway, whatever it is. I remember sort of put, putting my sort of. But now I haven't bitten them for ages, and I'm so excited. I might even have a French manicure. You know, just. To, I don't know what it is, but it sounds very exciting. And so I, I bought this thing, and it, it arrived from, from China the other day. Deepest, darkest China. Somebody's bought one of these things. I thought it was really good. It was only like a few quid, I think. And it runs on two, two batteries. I put those in there. And I was off and running. I was sort of pushing back the cuticle, doing all the sort of things that, you know, if you're in, if you're in business, men are supposed to have. You're supposed to have good, good fingernails. And I'm not saying that my hands are the best ever. I mean, I spend all my life very dry skin. So I spent all my life moisturising and doing all that kind of malarkey. Bit of a pain, really. But I'm so excited actually having nails. It's just never happened before. So today, I should probably do that again. But I've got some rubber gloves at home because if ever I do anything in the garden... I have to put rubber gloves on. Not not for any sort of reason, apart from I don't want to get dirt under my fingernails. Because that's really horrible. So I'm going out there and I'm emptying two huge tubs out and filling up with uh, with the old fuchsias. So I'm going to do that. I meant to do it a couple of days ago and I'm going to do it today because I don't have any interviews uh, to record for In Conversation. It'll be unbelievable. I don't think I've ever been out of the building at this time. I might see Lenny at the station and Brian at uh, at, uh, te- at at Twickenham. Might. Uh, And we have... Oh, we have a gadget. A gadget giveaway. I can't begin to tell you what we've got on the gadget giveaway today. I cannot... I cannot begin to tell you. It's so exciting. You're going to get really excited. But I'll I'll tell you what it is a little bit later on. And then, uh, who was talking about... Oh, George Galloway. Battling Boris. There's no chance that George Galloway's ever going to get elected in London. No chance. The man who pretended to be a pussycat. The man who, really, nobody's particularly fond of. And, uh, he says the ambition is to fight Boris in 2016 got to live that long, mate, first of all, haven't you? It's another two years away, so it's highly unlikely, highly unlikely. Boris doesn't want to be uh, Prime Minister of the country. I think Boris does a good job as mayor. I like him. Out of all the people who are mayor, I've, I've liked Boris the most. He's, uh, you know, he's put some regeneration in, they're putting more regeneration in, they're spending a billion, I think, and it'll create 9,000 jobs and they're going to regenerate the side of the Thames where they've got some of these old warehouses. Uh, George Galloway is just an attention seeker. And, uh, frankly, doesn't even live in London, does he? Doesn't he live up north or something? He lives, lives in Bradford. What do we somebody from Bradford for? That's his constituent. Oh, stay up there, matey. Stay up there. We want somebody from London. This is London, Mayor. We're not just sort of pandering around, you know, pussyfooting here there and everywhere, trying to find a job. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Trevor. not <laughs> just going out with somebody called Trevor. Uh, 84850, co dot uk. Uh, 84850, dot co dot Uh, Robertson, Hong Kong, you sad, lonely little creature. Never mind, popsikins, never mind. Best place for you, you stay there. You stay there. We don't want you here at all. Uh, he says, uh, he says, hope you are well. This is Joe. Really looking forward to in conversation with lovely Ben Fogle. Uh, yes, I cut a piece out of one of the, the Sunday papers about Ben Fogle. And it's, um... It was on. His, he took the family to Portugal because I think his wife is Portuguese, and they went back there and they did a big feature. Because I'm always interested when they when they send people on the television away. You know, I, I'm I'm always curious because I tell you who's, who's popping up just about everywhere. That Helen Skelton woman, the Blue Peter presenter, she's been on everything from Countdown to. I'm so bored with her. I'm as bored as I am with that Ellie woman. The Ellie woman who pitched up on Country fire a little patronising a little madam with the with the bleach-blonde hair. <laughs> oh, God, The sooner as somebody holds a de- face down in a peat bog, the happier I'm going to be, I'm afraid. She's very irritating. She's pitched up a few times on Alan Titchmarsh's show, and there's something odd about her. I don't know what it is, I just can't quite put my finger on it. Not that I'd want to. Uh, what have we got here? Oh, this is a goth. Oh, Do you know, I didn't think we had goths anymore. I wasn't too sure what they were. And then somebody showed me some pictures of them. They're very odd people. They're very strange. Are they into vampire movies, do you think? Goths and stuff like that. They were, it's, like, it's student, isn't it? They were a lot of black and a lot of black... And that's just, just the men. The men have all got sort of black fingernails and they all look a bit scary. Not really. Just go, Pff, and they'd fall over. They're a little bit little bit peculiar. So there's a, there's a story about a goth in the paper today, which is very funny. Um, another one here. Oh, more on this. They, they now call it mischievous musician. Soon to be out of work, Nicola Holt. I'm so delighted to report. Stupid woman. Stupid, stupid woman. It's LBC 97.3 at Steve Allen's early breakfast. Tuesday morning in London town. and the time,
0: 4.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: 84850, lbc.co.uk I can't believe haven't a, I haven't had a text message. I'm checking all these other things out. 84850, steve We've got the, uh, the gadget giveaway coming up very shortly. This is London's most listened to programme. This is the, uh, the programme in London that everybody is listening to. Out of all the radio stations in London, this is the programme that gets the biggest audience. It's a bar none, I'm afraid. Even the old fat bird... Even the old fat bird down the road. She doesn't get as many. Poor soul. She's still struggling with it. Other stories in the papers today. Um, Apparently, there's uh, a little bit... (laughs) They've got a story about Union J in the paper and Sunita keeping an eye on them at the uh, the summertime ball, which is quite funny. And um, another one here. And this is, if you put half the cast of Coronation Street in a nightclub and lubricate them with enough booze, sparks are bound to fly... But the celebrity formula didn't disappoint on Saturday night at Brooke Vincent's 21st birthday bash when she had her handbags at Dawn Showdown with Michelle Keegan. And to top it all off, the embarrassing public spat was over um, little Mark Wright. Still with that gangman style haircut. Poor soul, honestly. Not a lot you can do, is there really, with sort of fake tan and clothes that don't fit and a podgy little face. But anyway... The squabble happened as Brooke and a host of co-stars, Helen Flanagan, who's not in the soap anymore, Kim Lomas, that's Kim Marsh, as was, Catherine Tilsley, Little Miss Desperado, and Anthony Cotton, the only gay in the soap, celebrated her landmark birthday. Uh, an onlooker says that the birthday girl, who was obviously in high spirits, jibed that Michelle had Mark following around like a lost puppy dog. Meow. Well, of course he is. And um, that's how it works. And then Sir Brooke made some remarks, and then somebody else, Mark, who's at the ex Towie star, 26, clearly appreciated his girlfriend's heroic gesture because he posted a cute picture of them on Twitter with the caption Forever. Lovely. Apparently, it's a little bit difficult. The relationship is uh, being conducted from afar. Mark is still based in Essex. I don't know why he can go anywhere. He hasn't got any work, so he might as well pitch up with her. And she's uh, up north in the Corrie studio, but having confirmed plans to quit the soap next year, Michelle will spend more time with Mark. Well, no, she's already said she's not. She's already said she's not going to be doing that. She's certainly not giving anything up to move in with him. I mean, that's, that would just be a ridiculous scenario. The, these relationships, here one minute, gone the next. 84850, steve lbc.co.uk. Actually, can you put the, the text up there? I've lost my text page now. It vanished into the ether 84850, steve at uk. Uh, other stories of the papers. This is the Facebook riot at the Million Pound House, which we reported yesterday on the programme. And uh, this is the lad. His parents returned from holiday today. They're going to be thrilled. They're going to be so happy when they come back to discover their house has been trashed uh, because it appeared on Facebook. And if things appear on Facebook, unfortunately, word gets out. And before you know where you are, it's a case of, you know... People turn up, and I think in this particular case, more than more than 150 people turned up at this house, and uh, and trashed it. And uh, it was his end of the exam house party. How many of these people particularly stupid? You know, they've read these stories. Surely they must have. He must have read a newspaper. He must have read a newspaper and seen that this has happened before. You look at the uh, the ugly people who turn up for this thing. This is poor old Jacob Little, 17 years old, but thick as a plank. So he advertises it on Facebook. And everybody pitches up to it. Uh, one boy said he was bitten by a, a police dog. Good. Good. Well, that's what they're there for. They're there to keep you uh, keep you in order. Uh, the, 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 the gate-crashing people uh, started bottling the police and chanting songs. Got completely out of hand. And what an idiot boy. His parents are going to be so thrilled. Mind you, the house could do with a bit of a revamp. It looks a bit naff dated. So uh, perhaps they'll be doing that. And uh, yesterday we asked the question... And the question is, uh, should the Beatles or would the Beatles have ever got back together if they'd all been alive? And we came to the conclusion that, yes, they would have done. Because Paul McCartney is still singing Beatles songs. Ringo would if he could sing. But he, he was doing, you know, the last we heard, chuff, 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 said Thomas because he was doing the Thomas the Tank Engine, which he's lost to somebody else now. But he uh, then he made some derogatory comments. Was it about Liverpool or something? And he got booed. It was a bit inappropriate, I think. Whereas Paul McCartney's always been very proud of his roots. But I think if they were all alive, they would definitely be back together. And I'm looking at the photos now um, of the Beatles. And there's a very, very young Cilla Black, uh, Brian Epstein... And it's it's really really interesting. Ringo Starr's unseen album is fascinating. It's absolutely fa- it's only um, eight ninety nine from RingoPhotograph dot com or the iBookstore. I mean, you know, this is Ringo Starr's real private album. Paul McCartney who smoked like a trooper, fag in his mouth here, and they're with Neil Aspinall, who became later head of head of Apple. It's it's a snapshot of time. It's really good stuff. Really good stuff. I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, What else have we got here? TV presenter Kate Humble apparently went three weeks without washing because she was making a TV series. Dirty girl. Dirty girl. In Wild Shepherdess, she spends almost a month living with livestock herders in Afghanistan. She said, I slept in a yurt with eight men for three weeks and didn't remove a stitch of clothing the whole time. Well, you must have gone to the toilet, dear, at some point. I mean, I don't want to point out the patent of the unless you've discovered some new way of doing it. But, uh, so you're going to have to put up with wild shepherdess. Now, I like Kate Humble, but to be honest with you, they're a waste of bloody money sending somebody to go and do shepherding in Afghanistan. Can't they come up with anything, anything better? Obviously not. Uh, Nike and Adidas are in a race to launch the world's first football boot to be made by a 3D printer. So they they actually, I've never heard of this before, but apparently they say now, tests have shown the technique can slash the time it takes to make and test a boot from six weeks to 24 hours. So they always always test. Have you seen the price of these shoes? God, you need to take out a third mortgage. They are so, so pricey. I mean, just ridiculously pricey. You know, nothing to spend £100, is it? Somebody was telling me a while ago that they knew somebody who got mugged and it was some bloke who sort of pulled him to the ground, and then this big fat bird came and sat on him, and uh, they went, went through his pockets while she's sitting on him, and they took his trainers. Because apparently trainers are worth pinching for. Well, I don't know anybody who wears trainers. It's low it's lowlifes and chavs, isn't it, who wear trainers? Of course you're wearing trainers. Well, I said, hello, I'll rest my case. I'll rest my case. I mean, you won't find me coming in here wearing trainers, thank you very much indeed. Far too classy to wear things like that. I mean real only Chat and Miltman probably. Um <laughs> Actually I don't think Miltman wear trainers, do they? I bet taxi drivers wear trainers. Um eight dot uk. Uh Kevin the says, how stupid can this egg-throwing violinist be? There have been people like Simon Cowell in the music business since the days of the caveman banging two sticks together. Half the acts in the charts since they started were there due to good hype by management companies. And as you said, you were feeling perky this morning. I want to know, does Pinky know about you? Thank you very much indeed. It's an old gag, but it's worth repeating even at this time. It's, it's true. I mean, she's, she's quite clearly a bit too dumb. But she's had her five seconds of publicity. It's like, you know, her, Denise Wells, she can just take them all, drop them off the end of South End Pier. say, tell you what, swim your way back to shore, love. Because you're too stupid for words. If it wasn't for people like Simon Cowell and all the managers and all the uh, all the entrepreneurs and the people who put on concerts, you wouldn't have anybody in the charts. That's what Simon Cowell does. He puts people in the charts. Thank God you'll never make it, love. Thank God we won't ever have to put up with you and your dreary, stupid thing. I don't know if she pitched up on television yesterday. I wasn't sure if... I'm sure somebody would have put her on there because she's quite clearly revelling at 30 and past it. I mean, how how bad can it be, dear, in your business? You know, and the best gig that you could get, the best gig was miming. That's the best that was on offer, love. Oh, blimey, I tell you, you lose the will to live, don't you? Uh, I'm on a week's night shift, says Rob. And I've just switched your shoe on. Your shoe on, sorry, my show. Take me to my finish at 0600. Me Me and the wife record your show at 0400 weekdays and play it back. He says, just thought I'd say good morning. I'm listening on my drive back to Guildford. There you go. A dreary journey, isn't it, Guildford? Very boring. I quite like Guildford Town, though. Guildford Town's OK. I think that's, uh, that's OK. Um, what else we got here? Why is this? People in Birmingham have said... Oh, they, they've got the, uh, the Mirror Jobs Roadshow. They do it every so often, don't they, to show that people, people care, so they take people out. And here's, uh, here's a lion. And what he's trying to do, he's trying to tuck into a tortoise. And, of course, all tortoises do. They just pull everything inside, pull the, pull the shutters down and just wait. Actually, talking of that, that reminds me. I must tell you this, because I didn't know about it at all. They were, um... Somebody was telling me that when they do concerts now, big, big concerts with lots of groups, and they've got two stages. Rupert Bartier knew this. Rupert Bartier knew this. I, with no prompting, he knew the answer to this one. And he said that the, 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 there's a stage in the middle of, say, Wembley. OK, so you've got a big stage, then you've got another stage. And you think to yourself, how do they get the artist to the middle stage? And this was the question. How do they get the artist? That... And the answer is, they put them in suitcases. And they push them out there. And the crowd part because they think it's equipment. And so what they did the other day, I can't tell you which, which, which group it was, Union Jack. And they've, they've got these these big suitcases. And two of them sit inside there. They zip them up. And then four men race at high speed through the crowd who part because they think it's equipment underneath the stage undo the zippers the, the the artists get out and then they get ready for their appearance did you know that i had no idea so the next time somebody's running through quick equipment that's the band going through that's the band because there's no underground tunnels i was just i was just sort of amazed by that i thought god i mean you could get the other end unzip and they could have died you know they suffocated inside there but i suppose because it's actually so uh, so fast but isn't that an amazing thing did you know that before of course you didn't I know that at all. I've just told you now. Because I'm one of those caring... Somebody would be going, don't tell people that. We'll never get people in and out of all these all these show sites. And the answer is, no, you yeah, probably won't. I've lost half my papers here this morning. Where's that? Oh, that's it. There we go. Uh, there's, it's, uh, I only mention the mail because there's a lovely picture of the Queen on the front. And it's the, the smile that says that Philip is on the mend. And what is he, 92, 94? He's 92, isn't he? He was 92 yesterday. But the Queen gets out. I mean, look at her. I mean, she's just... She took a birthday card... Which has got HRH, the Duke of Edinburgh, written on the front. Do you think she's got a nickname for him? Do you think she, you know, like, everybody has... I have one for the producer. Can't mention it on exit; it's too rude. But, um... <laughs> yeah, you've got one for me too. Is, is it repeatable? Oh, that's really sweet. He's got a nickname for me. I think that is really nice. We're not picking out curtains or nothing like that yet. We just sort of, you know, just kind of have nicknames for each other. I suppose he's, he's also got one for his girlfriend. Uh, do you have a nickname for your girlfriend? Do you? Do you have a nickname for it? Is it like sort of Blossom or something like that? Is it sort of like cutesy, cutesy pie or something? Is it something like that? Is it some? Is it something really naff? Do people have... As you get a bit older, do you have still have nicknames for the wife or the other half? Things like that, do they? He's gone very quiet. Very, very quiet. And do you know that men do not grow up till they're 43? Well, that explains a lot, doesn't it? That explains a lot. Men do not grow up. Why? Because nobody wants to grow up. Why would you want to grow up? I thought the whole idea is not to be eternally Peter Pan, but to, um, but to just be young. It's like, you know, people used to say to me, why don't you grow up? And I was just like, well, what's the point of that? Who wants to be old before their time? The whole idea about life is to get as much out of it as possible. I was speaking to somebody in the office the other week who was sort of saying, uh, we all felt quite depressed by the end of the conversation. He was sort of saying, you know, you've got to live each day as if it's the last. The, oh, God, I don't want to do that. But I, I, I do like trying to, not necessarily cram everything in, but trying to do it all in, in moderation. So when somebody says men don't physically grow up till they're 43, I think that's great. Well, that's fantastic. Why would you want to grow up? Women want to be sophisticated, don't they? They want to be seen as an early age, putting their makeup on and being... You know, and men don't. I spoke to Dominic Cooper the other day, and he only grew up after he became famous. He said, up until then, he said, I never thought about fashion, I never thought about clothing or anything. He said, N- we had a, a long discussion about shoes. Mine in particular, because it is rumoured that he had a pair of shoes that cost £800. But he was too embarrassed to tell the journalist who was talking to him that they cost 800 quid. And he's got some nice suits, but he won't say how many suits he's got. He said because it looks flash. But he was very nice, very, very down-to-earth, very down-to-earth. Talking of down-to-earth, if you want to avoid the earth being buried, dying, Manchester. That's the place for an early grave. They've done a survey in the country, finding out, I mean, the highest death, the highest death rate... From ca- what? The highest death rate from cancer is in Manchester. Can't wait to hear what your nickname for me is. <laughs> and, uh, and as well as heart disease and stuff like that. This is the Longer Lives League table. And they've gone down through all the authorities in, in the country. And Manchester is the place you need to avoid if, uh, if you don't want an early grave. Uh, we do have for you, and you're going to love this one this morning. It's a fantastic gadget giveaway. And I don't think we've had one of these for... A long, long time. A long, long time. So, uh, what is it? You'll find out after this.
0: LBC 97.3 LBC 97.3 Call 0845 973. This is London's Biggest Conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning. You've waited for this. You've waited for this. I'm delighted to tell you. And it's time for the LBC Gadget giveaway. Yesterday, Nathan Saunders. We've got all the exotic names this week, haven't we? Nathan Saunders. From Enfield was the one who worked out that poached eggs are used to make Eggs Benedict and won herself a fabulous Acer laptop. Today, I'm giving away the top-selling mobile phone, SIM Free. SIM Free. If you fancy an upgrade on your handset... Without having to sign up to a long-term contract, then listen carefully. You will win, if you're the one selected, the Apple iPhone 5. Sim free. Sim free. It can be yours, but you can only get it if you enter the competition. And you can only get it if you know the correct answer. So here is the question. To win the sim free Apple iPhone 5. Okay, which cereal? Oh, they're not going to get this one. Which cereal brand has Cornelius the Rooster on the box? Which cereal brand has Cornelius the Rooster on the box? To enter the competition, follow the instructions carefully. Text the word gadget, G A D G E T. Then your answer. Cornelius the Rooster features on the cereal. Hmm. And you send that to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. The text costs £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. We play across the LBC network, full terms and conditions, online at lbc.co.uk. So it's the Apple iPhone 5, SIM free. So you can have the upgrade That would just sign up to long term. We just send it to you, SIM free. Lovely, lovely, lovely. The Apple iPhone 5 can be yours today on Steve Allen's Gadget Giveaway. Every day, happy winners. Happy winners who go, yeah. And tomorrow it could be you going, yeah. <laughs> or even this morning you'll be going, yeah, as you win. So good luck for that one. It's a, it's a very, very nice prize. I'm delighted to report that they finally lifted this German bomber from the channel. And it's, it doesn't look too bad. It doesn't look, too, you know, when they brought up the Mary Rose, and we all went, "Oh my God!" I was expecting a Tudor warship to rise, like, like the phoenix from the ashes, and to make it look like a Hollywood movie. But this uh, World War II bomber, known as the, it was the last of the flying pencils, and they called it the flying pencil because it was so thin. It was very thin. It was, it was. I think the last of the lightweight bombers, and they, they've got a picture here, a sonar image of it on the seabed. It was on the Goodwin Sands. The the moving, shaking sands of Goodwin, where many a ship has perished, ladies and gentlemen. And so they managed to lift it up, and it's not in bad condition. I should imagine, by the time they've sort of got it all spread... I don't know what they're going to do with it. Put it in a museum, I suppose, are they? It's interesting. There was about 1,700 of these built. 1,700, and they've lifted this, this German bomber. It was meant to be a light bomber which was fast enough to outrun the enemy fighters, but that didn't stop the RAF destroying more than 200 of them during the Battle of Britain. Big up the RAF. Big up the RAF. Two Dorniers flew with the RAF after fleeing the Kingdom of Yugoslavia in '41. Part of a flight ordered from Germany. It carried £2,200 worth of bombs. It had a top speed of 250 miles an hour, self-sealing fuel tanks... That reduced the risk of fire and enabled the aircraft to get back to base despite being badly shot up. And so this one, this lovely picture, it's a 600,000-pound operation. I don't quite know why we spent so much money. It's the only thing I can't get my head around, 600,000-pound to bring up a pile of rusting, you know, fuselage. And it's, But it's got the propellers here. It looks like it's broken in the middle, but then I would expect it to break. But at least they've actually got it up. I think it'll go to the RAF Museum. I can't wait to see it. I'm looking at the pictures of it in the paper, but I really want to, I really want to see it in the flesh, as they say. So. so well done to everybody concerned on that one. Well, it's never easy to get these uh, to get these things up. Uh, Miltman Mark in Hemel, I've got all the Milkman listening to this program. I don't know why all of a sudden we've gone Miltman mad here? Actually, it's quite bright outside for seven eight minutes to 5 and isn't it? This is this could be a good day. I might undo an extra button on the shirt later on, yeah. You know. And uh, and he says uh, I wear trainers at work as my firm is struggling to find size. F- to find, size 14 boots. You size 14, are you? Good God, that's, that's not what boots is. It? It's more like... it's like I don't know what that is. It's a, it's a lot. Uh, Jason, first day back after two weeks at the Isle of Man TT races. Back into the fold again. Don't go away again. Uh, Patsy says, got so sick of Kate Humble. Toss, 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 toss. Toss, 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 toss. Uh, to camera every five seconds. So I stopped watching all her programmes. So there you go. And uh, there's a new programme, says Cathy and Eastbourne, on next Monday called How the Council Wastes Your Money. The synopsis says they spend it on foreign trips, flash cars and golf lessons. That must be why they can't afford to repair the hundreds of potholes in the road. Do you know, it's worse, the roads, aren't they now? I don't know what it's like for cyclists. Not that I really care about cyclists too much, as you can imagine. Uh, I've been nearly run over by quite i a... I've started shouting obscenities now after them. I told you the other day I was coming. Did I I mention the other day? I was coming through Twickenham on Sunday morning, going out for the the walk. It was a bit chilly, and uh, two cyclists—you know, the go faster stripes. It could have been father and son, or it could have been two boyfriends. I don't know. And they're cycling. They get to the traffic lights. The the, the traffic lights for us are red. They don't stop. They veer off to the right-hand side, narrowly missing one of them—a car who was coming in the other direction, whose lights were green. So the driver quite rightly hooted, and this lad on his cycle turned around and stuck two fingers up to him. I thought, you stupid ignoramus. What a complete prat, honestly. They need taking down a peg or two. If I'd been an unmarked police car, I'd have had him nicked inside immediately and his bicycle crushed in front of him. Stupid person. You know, what do they think the lights are there for? They're not just pretty colours. They're there so that people can cross the road. It's not for you to decide whether you can just go on. dear. Uh, 84850 steve at uk. Apparently Jenny Murray Lord she pops up every so often doesn't she bless her heart she's still going at the age of 175 uh, she's criticised the sexism she says is still rife in the classical music world I don't see that at all actually I don't know why and uh, she's the veteran host that means she's really old when they say veteran host really old. She pointed to the way female performers are marketed to the public and she says the women who seem to be most welcome are the ones who are prepared to go along with the old idea that sex sells. That's not an old idea, dear. That's, 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 that's how it works. You know, I don't, I don't want ugly people playing music. I mean, good God. Next, Jenny, you'll be telling me that sort of, you know, it, it exists in the radio business. That we're only employed for our looks because you and I are lookers. Dear me, no. Now, of course, it, that sex sells in everything. It's not just in classical music. Sex sells butter. Sex sells flowers, sex sells underwear, sex sells cars, sex sells football, sex sells rugby. It sells everything, every single thing. I mean, if I wasn't sexually attractive to people, Jenny, I wouldn't still be going. And you wouldn't either. You know you're a little bit of an icon to a lot of elderly gentlemen. You know, that's how it works. Sex sells. And it's, it's sad, Really? But that's how it is. I don't think it's it's sort of dated or anything like that. That's what we want to see. We want to see attractive people who play music. That's the whole idea. It makes people strive for perfection. It makes people strive to be that little bit better. I'm quite sure, Jenny, that you go and have your hair dyed every so often, you apply makeup on, you make yourself look very attractive. You're selling yourself, you're packaging yourself. That's what it is. It's very dated and old fashioned of you to say that, you know, we shouldn't have things like that, and none more so in the classical world. What do you want to see, a bunch of old biddies sitting there? Of course not. You make the best of yourself. Like, you make the best of yourself. We all do it. We we all... Well, the producer doesn't. But, I mean, we all... He'd be better with a haircut, but he won't have a haircut. Um, I, I think he thinks he's a bit like Samson. That Samsung, the, the laptop. Uh, <laughs> no, Samson. He thinks if he gets his haircut, he's going to go all weak and feeble. And uh, he had a haircut recently. You didn't. A month ago. No, no, it needs, it needs all cutting off. It really... Seriously, it's all got to go. It's got to go. It, it's, it's got to be a zero, I think, or possibly one at the most. And uh, We shave it all off, it's all going, because underneath all that sort of curly mop, you're probably losing it, I should imagine. you probably find that when you shampoo it, it it looks it looks all a bit, so whoosh! <laughs> Do you blow-dry it? Do you blow-dry your hair? Do you? You said so camp, aren't you? <laughs> Are you to mind you, I blow-dry my hair. Not actually into a shape, you know. I mean, quite clearly, I'm not I'm not using turning brushes or anything like that. But I do blow-dry my hair because it takes so long to towel-dry yourself when you get out of the shower now. So I do use a hairdryer as well at the same time because you can dry yourself so much quicker with a hairdryer and a towel. I think that's probably too much information this morning. Anyway, uh, Lynn says, Well, that explains everything with my husband. Less midlife crisis, more teenage angst. By the way, my nickname for him is Bunny. I don't think we want to go there, do we really? The producer's not sure about that one. Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about nicknames earlier on because people obviously have have nicknames for their partners, and I'm not sure whether it's based on some something from childhood. And uh, as I say, I, I have a nickname for sort of people around this building. They all have different nicknames because that that makes it more fun for me, more entertaining. Gordon Ramsay's got a program coming back, hasn't he? He's coming back again, which is uh, good news. New series of MasterChef with Gordon Ramsay as the host. I miss Gordon on our screen, says Nick, and I'm so glad he did well in America. Much better show than the UK counterpart. The Americans really do television production so much better. I, I, do, I do like Gordon. I've always liked Gordon Rams. I know people don't like him. I love him. I think he's great. He's always been very, very generous. He's always been very good. Who was it I was trying to get hold of the other day? I was trying to book somebody in for In Conversation. Come can who it was now. Wasn't Chloe Maidley, was it? No, it wouldn't have been Chloe Maidley. Uh, oh, what kind of it was? But wh- whoever it was, I didn't get them for some reason. I can't remember why I didn't get them. But anyway, uh, there's a very fat cat in the paper today who weighs two stone. I mean, it is the fattest cat. I mean, that's, look. That is, oh, you think that's funny, do you? See, I see a pair of slippers there, if, if if not two pairs of slippers. but Other people just see a very, very fat cat who weighs two stone. Uh, Ulrich... He's now been entered into the Pet Fit Club dieting competition because this cannot be healthy to be this size. But then some people feed pet, they overfeed. And, of course, as you know, animals, you put food down, they'll just keep eating. You keep eating. Not like the mad bird woman of Twickenham and her plastic shoes who goes round dumping birdseed everywhere. The birds now sit there going, I couldn't eat another thing. And she's, she's basically killing them because she hates animals. Oh, stupid woman. I'm sure we could introduce her to Nicola Holt, the stupid violinist. Like everybody a little bit happy, wouldn't it, this morning? Uh, don't forget, if you've just woken up, then uh, it's very nice indeed to have your company. And don't forget, we have a very special prize for you on the LBC Gadget giveaway. It's the iPhone 5, the Apple iPhone 5, which comes SIM-free. Sim woo, big up, big up the Sim freeze, and so I'll tell you how you get your hands on that. To the side of the news, it's going to be a nice day today. I think the weather could be kind to us. Might be a little bit of rain around, but nothing. I hope not. I didn't bring an umbrella, and I haven't even got a coat with me. Look at Me, honestly, pushing the boundaries. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Really, I'm quite butch at times. I think. Anyway, news at five is next. <laughs>
0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning, Tuesday morning in London town. It's going to be a nice day, I think, today. I think today could be a nice day, which we're very pleased about. So now we've discovered that men act like children until they're 43. I don't think this is any mean mean survey at all I think it's actually probably quite accurate I think men traditionally want to sort of carry on being a bit silly for as long as they can I think once they stop being silly I think people age and go downhill Anyway, uh, young Paul in Manchesterford which of course has featured on the news already this morning in fact twice says would you be good enough to wish our lovely friend Ellen a very happy 39th birthday again she would normally be found listening to you here Oop North in sunny Southport but at the moment listening live to you live via internet in Canada. Also hello to her better half, Peter, who, along with Suzanne from Barnsley and Diana from Richmond, came over to Manchesterford for a meet-up before last Christmas. Love from her many Facebook friends. Like yourself, very pleased to hear the violinist work is drying up. No doubt the two lads, Richard and Adam Johnson, will have got a record deal. But uh, if not, how about putting them in as the wildcard act in the next series of the show? Before anybody says it's for new talent, two words, Francine Lewis. As usual, Bill, my dad, sat up in bed listening. As you know, he's 83, not been too well this year, but on the mend. He's just asked me to ask you, in view of the survey results, is it worth his while getting up this morning? (laughs) It's in Manchesterford, you see. And Manchesterford is the place where apparently they don't live as long. He's 83, for goodness sake. 83 is good. I'd I'd more worry at your age, Paul, I would think, than 83. I was thinking as well, when I was listening to them talking on the news about Prince Philip, I was thinking, do you know, the royal family have got longevity, haven't they? But there again, they don't exactly have to do anything, do they? It wasn't wasn't exactly difficult to be the Queen Mother, it was just an endless round of parties, and hello, and that was it, and sort of shaking hands, and I'll have another gin and jaboni. And that was the kind of thing, and and I should imagine that uh, Prince Philip as well, he's on the mend... And he's made himself comfortable. You know, he hasn't exactly had a difficult life. There's not really a lot to do. Somebody puts your clothes out for you. Somebody puts the toothpaste on the brush. Somebody irons your pants. I mean, how cool is that, ladies and gentlemen? So, you know, for them to... Because the Queen Mother went for, you know, real, real long innings. And the Queen, at 86, 87, shows no sign of slowing down. Occasionally gets a little cold or something like that. But they have the best the best doctors on call. They have the best people, all the best experts. And Prince Philip, you watch him, he will come out of hospital and he'll do his usual... I love him to pieces. I know some people don't like him. I think he's fantastic. I think he's just... I, I like a royal family. I don't like all of them. I, you know, I make I no bones about the fact that I'm not remotely bothered about dreary Prince Andrew, his ex-wife, and their dreary children. I, re- I really couldn't care less about them. I, I quite like Prince Charles. I understand where he's coming from. The problem the royal family have is that that nobody's ever said no to them. You know, people have always sort of kowtowed and, you know, and brown-nosed their way around the royal family. So everything that, you know, is a funny joke, you know, thing they do. And And, and that, of course, people laugh it, ha, 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 but they're not remotely funny. They're not remotely funny. It's just that they're the royal family. It must be great to grab in that, you know, you've got that nice house. And then you've got your cousins, the ugly sisters, Beatrice and Eugenie. Here they come again. Oh, my God. Where are they off to? They're going to Tamara Eccleston's marriage thing, aren't they? Because Tamara Eccleston obviously likes to surround herself. And Beatrice and Eugenie, obviously, learned from mummy. Hang around people with a load of money. Because I mean, they don't do any work. They don't actually have jobs as such. They're a bit like their father. It kind of sort of runs in their side of the family. But the rest of them, I mean, the, the queen, I think, is amazing. I think she's fantastic. She knows exactly what she's doing, but as she said before, it's a job for life. You know, she's there until she dies, and if she goes as long as her mother, you know, it could be Charles who goes first. So, on on the subject of of Bill, your dad, sitting up in bed listening, get him some tea and toast this morning. Tea and toast, I think, would be good. Whenever I was ill, my mother used to give me uh, toast and Marmite, and we found a Marmite jar in Selfridges the other day. It didn't have the Marmite logo on the front, and I couldn't quite work out why. And somebody said that they brought out a new ketchup. There's a new tomato ketchup, which has got garlic and something in it, which sounded delicious. Because I do like ketchup. I don't have it all the time, because apparently it's got lots of sugar in it. But I, I do quite like ketchup. It's uh, it's one of those things that you can put... I mean, you couldn't have sort of an omelette without ketchup, or chips without ketchup, or just anything without ketchup. But you couldn't put it on roast beef, could you, in Yorkshire pudding? It wouldn't go with that. You've got to have the right accompaniment to go with those sort of things. <laughs> Although you look at the size of this cat in the paper today at Two Stone and you will be thinking yourself, somebody's overfeeding this poor animal. It's, I'm surprised it's not, uh, not sort of drop dead. Uh, more on this uh, ridiculous violinist who said, I'm not unhinged or hysterical. No, you're immensely stupid, aren't you? For 30, though, immensely stupid. His grip on the music industry is too tight. So I pelted him with eggs. Do you not think maybe, perhaps, you know, the Prime Minister's grip on the country is too tight? Do you want to go and pelt him with eggs? Immensely thick person. I don't think I've ever encountered anybody as dim as you in the business. Very worrying. Jack says, did you know that Big Up, the expression, originates from Jamaican dancehall music? Oh, right. Oh, right. I didn't know that, actually, Big Up. I think I've got an album, a a reggae album called Big Up. I'm sure I have. Because that's what I grew up on. Different people, depending on on what side of town you came from, you either grew up with a lot of those, um, we used to call them greasers the boys in the leather jackets and the motorbikes and he slicked the hair back and used to hang around the waltzer at the fun fairs. whereas uh, all my lot was sort of into reggae and and Motown. So I grew up knowing everything about reggae, going to all the reggae, th- everything, everything. I was just indoctrinated. But strangely enough, we were talking about music the other day on the programme, and I was saying that I, I watch Songs of Praise, and, and I find myself singing along with the hymns because I know all the words. I've remembered them from childhood. I don't sing them, and I haven't sung many of them for years, but I have downloaded. I've got, it sounds ridiculous, but I've got albums of hymns because I quite like the music on my iPhone. I listen in the car. I'll play the Huddersfield Choral Society, who do Christmas carols, and they've got their hymns album. And it's lovely to see how far you can get through, and then you think, ah, they're singing to a different tune. Whenever we used to sing in the, in the choir at church, they would sometimes play to a different... And we'd go, oh, I don't like that, that tune. I want the original tune, please. And strangely enough, we were mentioned on Loose Women the other day. Jane MacDonald, who uh, who listens to the programme, has said she was listening to to Steve Allen. In fact, I'll tell you exactly what she said, because Dawn, who knows these things, says uh, Jane McDonald said how she'd been listening to Steve Allen on LBC the other day and how you'd said that you'd been somewhere and were the only person who'd known all the hymns. And she was saying how it's all changed so much musically for children now, plus how when she was at school they had to sing the hymns every day and got to know them parrot fashion. She then then said it's now all Beyonce. And it, it is true, we sang hymns at school. Nobody sings hymns, but we did them at church. And there's nothing I like better. I mean, I used to get quite excited by the Mormon Tabernacle Choir until I realised that I wasn't wasn't over-keen on Mormons. It it became a little bit claustrophobic, the whole Mormon thing to me, as far as I was concerned. But I like seeing the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, which is, like, huge. And, like, when they do, you know, when the saints go marching... There's something nice about community singing. I can't quite put my finger on it, but Jane will know exactly what I mean when I say that when you hear a whole room full of people singing back to you... It's phenomenal. There's some pleasure that we derive out of being. And I mentioned that choir on yesterday's free podcast who we saw down in Essex. And you should check out their... I can't remember what the website is called now. You'll have to go back onto yesterday's podcast. I don't have the time to do it. Far too busy doing my nails now. Now I'm growing nails. And i uh, excited. Very excited. And uh, so... But there's something about singing that makes you feel Good. You know, I remember when you go to the Royal Albert Hall, if you're lucky enough to go to the Remembrance Services there, which I try and get to go to as often as possible with the help of a, of a few close friends, well, one in particular, actually, Chris Christodoulou, who took all the pictures for the show. He's the official photographer at the Royal Albert Hall. And uh, if you plead with him nicely, I can always manage to get a seat in, in one of the boxes, normally in direct view of the royal family who all turn up for this. And you hear everybody singing along. Well, I mean, I sing with gusto. And my friend Darren as well. I sing with him too, but Gusto's there as well. And so we sing all the... It's an old joke, but it's worth repeating. Good to say. Listen, where else would you get stuff like this? Nowhere. Right here. That's why people listen to this programme in the morning, because they can't believe it either. And um, that television's going to fall off the wall, I've decided. Somebody's moved it along a bit. It, It looks very precarious, but... And so you sing along, you're at the Royal Albert Hall, and when you've got, ask anybody who's ever sung at the Royal Albert Hall, anybody from Alfie Bowe to, to Catherine, anybody, all these people who go and sing there. And Jane will tell you as well, there's something very pleasing about people singing together. Christmas carols, hymns, doesn't matter what it is, just singing. Singing is good for you. I mean, I'm, I'm no great singer, let me tell you. But I do love it. So we're very pleased we were mentioned on Loose Women by Jane MacDonald. Obviously listening as she goes into the, uh, the studio. Can't be at this time of the morning, no, can it? She can't be. I can't remember what time we talked about the hymns. But uh, I've always said I wish that they would re-release on the BBC the cruise with Jane MacDonald because it was such. A, it never came out on DVD or anything. They should have done all the edited highlights and they should also re-show they've got all this stuff that they could re-show which is so much better than some of the twaddle they're putting on at the moment they should re-show the cruise because it was never repeated as far as i know everything I, I mean i don't know whether they have to get permission from people because i think it was one of it was one of jane's first relationships wasn't it and uh, it went a bit pear shaped but anyway that aside you could edit round it and i would also like to see paddington green again which was very good they were barking mad most of them in there Barking mad, but that, that was that was worth watching again. So, can we have some of those again, please? I'm paying the licence fee. hope you're paying tax. Uh, speaking of Loose Women, on Tuesday, today, when you see this, I'm going to be in the audience at Loose Women yet again. She said, one of the guests is Katie Tunstall. I only found out today. Didn't have a clue the guests were when I booked. Love her. Brilliant. In fact, I'm going to see her gig at the Islington Assembly Hall next week. I'm seeing her on tour Theatre Royal Drury Lane in November. Uh, The other guest is Beverly Callard. Apparently she was in Coronation Street. She said, I got bored watching that and gave up. Yes, Beverly Callard was in Coronation Street. Then she had, she went through, she came on on, um, Steve Allen's In Conversation, my In Conversation, talking about myself in third party, party, uh, or purty as well. Sometimes I'm purty. I'm a very purty person. And she suffered from depression, and she wrote a book about it, and now she's going back into Coronation Street, which is good. She said, you may be thinking I'm a loose women addict, as this will be my fourth trip to the studio. Uh, I'm the ticket booker, though. The first time it was just me and Mum. Since then, Mum has wanted to take several friends and doesn't have a computer to book the ticket, so I book the tickets. She said, I do record and watch Loose Women every day because I enjoy it. So there you go. Jane MacDonald listens to your show. I I gave Jane MacDonald a gold disc years ago when we were in a, another building and she came in as a guest and they said she's got a gold disc for whatever it was and I presented her with a gold disc on my programme at the time. Long time ago. Long, long time. Many, many, many years ago, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, one here quickly. Uh, I've not heard about the pedal cabs. The bane of your life seems to be the cyclist now, says Mark. I'm out of the London loop now in Australia. No, cyclists, I mean, well, I mean the pedicabs because they're illegal, but nobody's managed to get rid of them off the streets, generally run by thugs and people who'll rob you blind. They don't pay any tax, they contribute nothing to the streets of London, I'm afraid. They're a bane and a blight on the landscape, and they're disgusting people. Uh, cyclists because they're just rude and arrogant, and that's the only way I can describe them. Half of them have got no idea what, what traffic lights are. They ride on the pavement. They're just blooming dangerous. You know, when they dress up with their little Go Faster helmets on, a little little lycra, just like a bunch of fairies peddling up and down the road. Oh, it's upset the cyclists this morning, thank goodness. Quarter past five. Ten minutes past five at Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. Uh, UB40 are playing at Wimbledon Rugby Club on the 9th of July. Are you going? Um, I don't know, I might. Are they all they're reforming for this one? Because then they have their split. You had uh, Ali going off and doing his own things. The Marmite with the blank label, says Dee is meant to represent peace and quiet. It's Marmite. It's Marmite. Um, <laughs> it's Marmite. I don't know. Tell Jenny. Sex sells. Let's face it. Do you think the Saturdays got to where they are on talent? Blimey no, says Kevin the Miltman. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is Jenny Murray saying that in the classical world, sex sells and it's very disappointing. And I thought, but but that's what it's about. That's how they shift albums nowadays. It's people making the best of themselves. People, you know, if you just put people on there, I mean, you only had the classic example was that well-known effect, uh, which was Susan Boyle. So they, they deliberately dress her down on the programme. So she waddles on looking like that grey haired old woman. And they go, so what's your name? Susan Boyle. And they go to so what's the dream? And would you sing song? And, um, and so she goes on there, and of course, she sings averagely. I don't care what anybody says. All her stuff is studio based. You know, it's all done in a studio to enhance her. And so they do very well. They shift a lot of albums. But by the time she came back, she'd all been tarted up, hadn't she? They put her in some nice clothes. She didn't look like the Susan Boyd uh, who'd been dancing with a broom at Manchester Airport. You know, she looked like somebody who they doled up. They do her eyes, they do the makeup. She had the complete makeover. And that was it. But of course, they they did put her out, but they suddenly realised she's not she's not very good outside. She's a bit like the mad bird woman of Twickenham. She's she's sort of she's happiest sitting at home with her cats. She's got all that money coming in, every sort, and they'll stick her in the studio, but I reckon they've got loads and loads of songs that they've recorded with her. So there would be loads of stuff. So in other words, I mean dreadful thing to say, but if if, if she if she dropped dead tomorrow they, they could release an album within a couple of days going, this was the last material she recorded. You know, they, they must have that much stuff. But she's a very, very average singer. Very average. Uh, Mary says, we have a breakfast crossword morning and we sometimes sing our school hymn, O Sacred Heart. Lovely. Jason the Bailiff says, uh, thanks to your advice, Steve, I, like you, have purchased an in-car video camera, which records my day on a 12-hour loop. In my first week of use, I've caught many cyclists jumping the red light, and one managed to roll over the bonnet of a BMW and ride off his bike. £35, well invested. Yes, I mean, these car cameras are a godsend. You know, if you've got, you know, bikes that sort of crash into the side of you and stuff like that, it doesn't matter whether you're a lorry driver delivering or, you know, you're a, it doesn't matter who you are, these things are really cheap and you just clip it onto the windscreen and it records and it's very, very good quality now. Cheap, very, very cheap indeed. So well done, Jason, taking our advice on the programme. Uh, and Kevin says, can I join in with the anti-cyclist rant, please? They think that lights are an optional extra and we're all mind readers who know when they're going to turn right when they suddenly swerve across the road in front of us ran over taxi driver listening to uh, at LBC 97.3 the presenters been on a monologue for at least 10 minutes covering any number of subjects i know it's what we've obviously never heard this program before you're missing out this is the program that all of london listens to this is by far and away the only program that london listens to land of hope and glory Yes, I mean I, I can sing any of these songs. I mean I'm I'm very good, but it, hymns particularly good at particularly good at also particularly good at doing the gadget giveaway. Look, you notice that that was effortless. Look at that, just slowly slid into it like falling down a down a mountain full of chocolate, and then you just glide into the chocolate at the bottom. And here it is, because yesterday Nathan Saunders from Enfield knew the answer. Poached eggs are used to make eggs Benedict. <coughs> Excuse me, I it got myself a fabulous Acer laptop. Today, it's your opportunity, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to get your hands on the top selling mobile phone, Sim Free. So, if you fancy an upgrade on your handset without having to sign up to long term contracts, listen carefully, you could win the Apple iPhone 5 today. It's Sim Free. Sim Free. So, it's your chance to get your hands on the Apple iPhone 5. But you need to know the answer to this question. And then follow my instructions carefully. Which cereal brand has Cornelius the Rooster on the box? Which cereal brand has Cornelius the Rooster on the box? To enter this one, text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and then you send that to 84850. So it's gadget, then your answer, and then send that to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. You've got about an hour and uh, three minutes. Uh, The text... Will cost you one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at LBC.co.uk. So good luck. The Apple iPhone five, sim free. Sim free. Okay. Uh UB forty never split up, just Ali left. Lifelong fan, new album out in August. Thank you very much indeed for that one. So now we now we know. Uh, On this one here, Uh, did your car get fixed? Did you charge your friend? No, I I haven't done it, actually, as yet. I haven't done it yet. I've left it. I've left it. I shall leave it until uh, an appropriate juncture. When it goes in to have a service, then I shall get it done at the same time. This is when a friend of mine opened my passenger door and hit a lamppost. It's only a small dent, but I notice it there. Uh, 84850, uk Weather, we're we're saying the same as it was uh, before. This is actually. Let me just quickly check on the weather again. Rain spreading. Oh, rain spreading from the west to the northeast of London throughout the morning. Mostly dry later, but still cloudy. Eleven degrees at the moment, rising to eighteen. And tonight, cloudy and dry throughout the evening. Light rain overnight. Milder and more humid than recently. 14 centigrade. And here we go. Tomorrow, occasional light rain throughout the morning. Some brighter intervals possible later. Thursdays, breezy with rain or showers. Friday, generally fine with the chance of occasional rain. I think in Twickenham on Saturday, we've got Rihanna. I think Rihanna's doing Twickenham Stadium. I'm not going, of course. I'm just sort of mentioning it, and the fact that, just in case you were thinking of coming to Twickenham for a day out, don't. We'll be full of Rihanna fans. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. This is one from Little Julie. says, you're quite right, re-hymns. When I was in primary school, the headmistress made sure we sang our hearts out. If not a gentle tap on the head was felt by a hymn book. Yes, they'd come round, you'd be going, la, 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 la. And, you'd be, and then all of a sudden, you feel that tap on the back of your head. Sing up, Stephen. And so I did. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I, get, a, I get much much pleasure out of that. Much pleasure. I'm sure you're waiting with bated breath for the latest instalment of the future award winning show, The Call Centre, My City, says Freddie's good news story for the Swansea Tourist Board. Look, see you, Buck. Seems like the weather has packed up once again. Now you'll be delighted. I'll, I should be jetting off somewhere warm once my 95 euro million jackpot win comes in. Oh, it's tonight, isn't it? I must come buy some tickets. 95 million. Ninety- I dreamt about it last night. I dreamt about winning 95 million and dreamt about how much money I was going to give to all my friends here at LBC. And the answer is nothing. Nothing at all, OK? Just want that on record, just in case anybody goes, you promised me some money on court cases appearing. Steve Allen promised me, you know, that he'd give me sort of 10,000 quid. Nothing at all. I might buy a bottle of champagne and uh, some of those little tiny taster cups that they give you when you go round the Ideal Home show. I just give them all little tastes of so they know what the highlight... There's no point in spoiling them. I've said before, if you're not used to drinking champagne, I'm not going to spoil your life. You know, and um, I think we might, I might actually pay to hold the producer down and just shave all his hair off. Just for amusement purposes. Just for amusement purposes. But £95 million. That's, that's, that's a lot of double sausage and egg McMuffins, you know, in the morning. Perhaps we could have them delivered here. We could just go, today you're all having a free sausage and egg McMuffin. Don't thank me. You know, it's part of my give, give, give appeal. <laughs> perhaps we could do hash browns. I don't want to do hash browns for everybody because I know it's a terrible waste. But I think you know, perhaps half a hash brown each. No point in, in making the company fat. You know, we want to be uh, fit. We want to be fit. Uh, I haven't seen the call centre. I've seen a little bit. I know, I know it's a bloke called Nev. I can't stand any of them. I'm sorry. I just don't, just don't like the programme. There's something, something irritating about him. I can't, can't quite put my finger on it. Uh, there's a mum on benefits we'll tell you about in a moment. Please don't cut my benefits, pleads this jobless mum of seven. Sterilisation might have been a little bit better, mightn't it? But uh, she's got seven children, and occasionally her ex-husband slips her a fiver. It's LBC 97.
0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning, 29 minutes to six. 29 minutes to six. going to be a nice day today. A little bit of rain moving in, but I wouldn't worry uh, too much about that. Nick Ferrari and the team with you after seven. Actually, ironic as we were talking about it this morning, as Boris's cycling czar Andrew Gilligan claims that London needs more female cyclists because apparently they're more careful and less hot-headed, Nick will be asking, should we get more women on bikes? I'm sure there's a dreadful pun there somewhere. How can you tell, though? Does it make any difference? So women are more... How patronising. Are women more careful and less hot-headed than men on bicycles? I don't know. Anyway, plus the latest on Prince Philip's condition, and our mothers given enough information about caesareans? All that plus the full review of the day's newspapers. Ben Preston, editor of the Radio Times, is live in the studio with Nick Ferrari and the team. So more women on bikes, please. I thought there were loads of women on bikes, but it's the men who are the uh, who are hot-headed. Ian in Harlow says uh, re cameras in vehicles. Steve, I work as an H D V driver, and all our vehicles are fitted with them. I think you have to. To be honest, they are so cheap now, ladies and gentlemen. And if you're one of these people who is sort of prone to having little brushes and scuffles and things like that, this this could be the thing that you need. You know, really, really inexpensive, you know, for what they can do for you. As evidence, either in a court case or to say to somebody, listen, this cyclist just cut in front of me or this car cut in front of me. You just put them in there. If you have a journey where there's no you know, problems, then you just erase the little memory card that goes in there and start all over again. Round here, says Bridget, where the roads are very narrow country lanes, we get cyclists who cycle for miles in the middle of the road, so it's impossible to get past. The worst thing is, when they cycle, two abreast chatting, oblivious to anyone following them. Yes, we get that round our way. I hoot, and then wind down the window as I go past and shout at them. Single file, girly boys. Single file, please. It's so annoying. It's so rude. They don't pay to be on the road. They're just They're just idiots we seem to have inherited some from Kingston. I don't know why. Uh, Bill's sister is a listener of yours too. Says Bridget. So hello, Bill's sister. Unfortunately, we don't have we don't have a name. So uh, good morning to you as well. Here's a mum of seven in all the papers today. This is she's jobless, sparking disbelief by complaining about a threat to her. How much she get a month? Two thousand six hundred and forty-seven quid. She hasn't got off her bum for ages. She drives a car. Uh, she's single. She claims the cash-saving reforms will leave a dark cloud over us when they knock her about £600 of her monthly income. She gets nearly £32,000 a year in benefits. She lives in a six-bedroom Victorian house, uh, which means that practically all the kids must have their own bedroom. I don't know why. Why they can't double up? She's got three three boys and two girls. I see that as uh, the oldest boy gets his own bedroom. And on oh no, offending that you could put two, two boys in each bedroom, so that's two, and then the then the girls in the bedroom, that's three, and then one for her. Why well, she needs six bedrooms, I've got no idea. She's not had a job for twenty years. Isn't that disgusting? Don't you feel ashamed for this poor creature? She admitted she's not had this job and claims that Wayne Bark, father of her six eldest, gives her the odd fiver, but that's it. Well then you just gotta get money out of him. Why should we have to pay? Why should we have to pay for stuff like this? She says, people say I could get rid of my car, but the public transport isn't good enough. Well, how do the rest of the country cope, dear? You know, you have to just, you know, have to sort of do it. You have to cut your cloth, don't you? And uh, she says here, I don't know whether I'll be able to put a roof over my children's heads in a month's time. It's incredibly stressful. You've stressed me out just reading about your lazy story. Dreadful. So she lives with the the children, Charlotte, seventeen. She looks particularly well-fed, I have to tell you. Katrina, 15, Jasmine, 12, Luke... Oh, there's three girls, are there? Well, how's the three girls here? I don't quite see them. Six. So she's got Charlotte, Katrina and Jasmine. And, um... I think there's a girl missing here, and yet I'm looking at six children. And uh, then she's got Luke, 10, Anthony, 8, Huey, 6 and Charlie Alley, 2. Oh, God. So wait a minute. So Luke, Anthony, Charlie... One of these must be a girl then. Doesn't quite look like it to me. It's all very strange. But uh, anyway, she couldn't get a council house but was allowed to rent privately uh, a house big enough for her family with the housing benefits. She denied being a burden on the state, saying it's not like I've never worked, but now I can't because I'm looking after the kids. Well, you better find something love because, you know, very soon we're going to take your benefits away. I don't why should we have to fund somebody like you? I mean, we didn't decide to have six children, did we? How selfish of you. How selfish whose column is this? Oh, the Fat Birds column. And, um, talking about, um, she says, Goodness gracious, wasn't Liberace unsavoury? The biopic, uh, Behind the Candelabra, starring Michael Douglas as the be beruffled, frequently facelifted, pompadoured pianist and Matt Damon as his used, abused and eventually abandoned lover. He was a cokehead, you stupid woman. He was a drug addict. Nothing used about him at all. He walked straight into it, eyes open, and he's milked it ever since. The floor-length minks, Palladian mansions, Baroque antiques, ornate jewels, gleaming limousines and priceless artworks contrast sharply with Liberace's sleazy predilection for porn, predatory sexuality. Is this your boyfriend pumping this rubbish through you, Vanessa? I'm not actually sure, dear, whether you're in the real world. You quite clearly know nothing about Liberace at all. Nothing about him at all. Mansions, honestly. There weren't any mansions. Not one of his houses was a mansion. Might have looked like it to you, I suppose, but uh, certainly wasn't. Anyway, good luck. 84850, steve at LBC.co.uk. Uh, be warned, majority of the dash cams are cheap Chinese products. Won't last very long. Listen, I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less. They're so cheap, and they're perfect. There's nothing that can go wrong with it. Absolutely nothing that can go wrong with it. It's a little tiny camera, and uh, and the fact that, you see... Cheap Chinese products, they don't have such a thing now. They have cheap, but they're meant to last, because otherwise people wouldn't buy from the companies, and they survive long, long time. Uh, one here says, the only alcohol I drink is champagne, my favourite being Verve Clico. Is that a champagne? Verve Clico. Oh dear, no, I'm sorry. I, no, I wouldn't do something as cheap as that. I mean, that's obviously... That's at the poorer end of the scale, isn't it? What are we having today? We're having pomaine. <laughs> Clico. Oh dear, no, no, I'm Dom Perignon, I'm afraid. And occasionally, Laurent Perrier, and occasionally, what's that very, very expensive one that the footballers like? I bought bottles of it for friends of mine. It's very, very expensive. It's uh, about 150 quid a bottle. But if you buy it at a nightclub, it's about 400 pounds. And it's, it's very nice. very. Exp- you, you wouldn't have heard of it. You're from Cambridge. It's, it's not, not for you at all, I'm afraid. Uh, As a child, says Lynn, I loved singing hymns and was often tapped on the shoulder. However, not to sing up, but to sing a little quieter. I'm still completely tone deaf. Martin says you're going to visit the motor show at Canary Wharf. Outdoor, open all week and lots of Bentley vehicles. Well, that always tempts me. Well, the ne- next car's going to be the Rolls-Royce Phantom. <laughs> That's after I win the, uh, the money tonight. £95 million on Euro Millions. Oh, God, I hope it's me. Because um, we're all fantasised, haven't we, over what, what you're actually going to do with it. The, the amount of money you're going to give to charity and the, uh, and, the, uh, and the other things you can do with it. But the first, everybody does the same, though, when they win the lottery. Everybody does the same. They buy a house, they buy a car, they quit work and they go on holiday. And that's, that's what everybody... What else are you going to do? You're not going to book yourself a flight to the moon, are you? Because, you know, one of those dreary uh, Prince Andrews sisters has booked something on that as well, because I believe her boyfriend, Dave... One of them's got, can you believe one of them's got a boyfriend called Dave? He's apparently a PR for uh, Richard Branson and sort of books these flights. So I don't want to go on any flight where she might be on. Thank you very much indeed. That's, uh, that's tantamount to being stuck with half the cast of The Only Way is Essex on a trip to Marbella. Uh, of course we're more calm than men... Says Sue, if a cyclist rode badly and ended up on my car bonnet, I'd laugh and think, serves him right. If that was a man's car, they'd be jumping up and down, worried about scratch marks. If we rode bikes around, it would increase road rage, as we'd all be cycling around, singing away, taking in the scenery. Other male cyclists would also be getting the hump, as everybody seems to be in such a rush. I don't know, I'm never in a rush going through London. I really couldn't, I never understand why you get people, you know, little scooters trying to get in and out of the truck. I'm never in a rush. I'm never in a rush I don't you know you just get there you get there in the same amount of time the same amount of time as as everybody else so why worry about it uh, is the Alfie Beau interview still available yes it is and actually I was going to ask Paul in Manchesterford Jane Asher when when was her uh, podcaster in conversation I know I can ask him because he can find these things out within within seconds so uh, when was when was Jane Asher I have a feeling it was uh, it was last month. Uh, I've been watching a fly-on-the-wall programme, says little Julie, uh, called Swansea Market. As the title suggests, all about the day-to-day running of a large indoor market in Swansea. Full of lovely characters, far more interesting than the call centre. The call centre's rubbish. They're, they're, they're actually trying to, make it, trying to make it interesting, but frankly, they're just boring people who answer the telephone. Who cares? I couldn't care less. Uh, Read your dent. Look up at a company called um, Dent... Devils. They use a paint-free dent removal service at your home or work. I've used them in the past, they're amazing. Re your in-car camera, says Anthony. What was the make again? As I'm a London black cab driver, it would be invaluable. Um, I can't remember which one mine is, but if you go to Amazon, Anthony, and just type in car cameras, there's loads of them. Just pick one about 29 quid, and that'll be it. And you've got to buy a little memory card as well to fit in there. Make sure you buy the right one, the right size. And then you're right, you could just clip it on the front. you be, be You'd be fascinated by it. You will absolutely be fascinated by it, I promise you. So on Amazon, check it out very, very easily. Uh, Forget cyclists, says Nick in Ascot, around my area. Horse riders are the menace. They go as slowly as humanly possible and always riding two abreast, nattering away. But uh, it's like they own the whole road. And then to top it off, all the horses take a massive poo on the road and my tyres go right through it. I know, you're supposed to give horses a wide berth. I always do. I'm I'm, I'm quite good because I've lived in the countryside before. And I know what it's like if, if you're riding a horse and cars come up right behind you. Uh, but it's the cyclists who ride two abreast, nattering away. Perhaps they're doing make-up hints or something like that, I don't know. Very annoying, very annoying. Single file, as far as I'm concerned. Single file. Uh, Dad not only has the tea and toast, says Paul in Manchesterford, but cereal as well. And on a Sunday, a full English, including fried bread. Ooh, lovely. As for me, I no longer smoke or drink or anything else. My only pleasure's now a hazlet butty and you on the wireless in the morning. I, too, have been known to join in with the hymns on Songs of Praise. And for your next project, may I suggest a recording contract? You, Gusto, and your other friend, often mentioned on the show, Kwan. Here could be the new three tenors. By the way, Paddington Green did turn up last year on, I think, Watch, which is the satellite channel, but don't hold out much hope for the cruise. I know, but that was I thought the cruise was really good. I thought that was really interesting. Why didn't they just bring it out on DVD? We'd all buy it. I'd buy it. I'd buy Paddington Green as well if they brought out series one, two, and three. That that would be the that would be the fun thing to do. So it's Jane Asher. When was when was she on in conversation? Because for life, me, I can't remember. Uh, don't forget, we have the LBC gadget giveaway, and this morning, ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, it's the fabulous Apple iPhone five, sim free, no contracts, no nothing. We just send you the phone. You just plug it in. No no long-term contracts, no nothing like that. It's the Apple iPhone 5, SIM-free, and somebody can get it at 6.30 this morning. Yesterday, it was Nathan Saunders from Enfield, who got herself the fabulous Acer laptop. Today, the SIM-free Apple iPhone 5. All you need to do is answer this question correctly. Which cereal brand has Cornelius the Rooster on the box? Which cereal brand has Cornelius the Rooster? I didn't even know it had a name got a name as well now, Cornelius the Rooster on the box. To enter, text the word gadget, followed by your answer and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. So you've got under the hour, it's about 45 minutes now. The text will cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We're playing across the LBC network, full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. What a nice price to wake up to on a Tuesday morning, where the time is quarter to six.
0: LBC 97.3. Call 0845 This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: It's eleven minutes to Six. Uh, David in uh, Streatham. finally back from Gran Canaria, went to see behind the Candelabra. He said, I found it funny, and amazing insight into Lee's life was really touched by his generosity and love of opulence. I loved his Rolls-Royce collection, Shame the Museum's Closed. Well, there's talk of it opening up again. In the light of the film, it's given a resurgence. I think Lee died in... What was it? Uh, I can't remember, actually, when he died. 79? 80? Can't remember. Something, whatever it was. Uh, the museum did close a short while ago, and it was put into mothballs. But now, because of the film, there's talk of putting it back into Vegas. Actually, in Vegas. I think it should go downtown Las Vegas. They should have, you know, some of the cars on display in sort of a, you know, one of Liberace's uh, cars in a big glass case down in, in downtown. That's what, because he, he symbolised Las Vegas. Don't believe the rubbish that the fat bird writes in her column. I mean, quite clearly, she's been uh, strangely sort of, uh, I don't know what she was thinking, actually. I don't even know what she was watching. Bit bit of a difficult problem with her there. There you go, probably the boyfriend. Cyclist on the road, says Freddie, the bane of my driving existence. Here in Mumbles, this is in Welsh Wales. We have a cycle path that goes into Swansea city centre and beyond. No issues with those who use it. Absolute distaste to the girly boys who decide to dress up in full lycra and thousands of pounds worth of bicycle gear who seem to think the road is solely for their own use. Have you noticed, though, Freddie, that cyclists aren't that bright? That's why they have to paint a picture of a cycle so they know where, where to ride. So they, they, they drew a picture of a cycle on the road and cyclists go, Oh, look, this is for us. We can ride here. We are OK. This is our road. And so they've got a little picture of a cycle on there, which is good. He says, uh, everything except a helmet. Obviously, they think they won't need it as they're too perfect to fall off. And um, them just being there has caused an accident, which they appear to be oblivious to. No doubt the number of bikes on the road will increase once the Tour de France gets going later. Well, we all went to watch that when they were doing it for the Olympics. We were all round our way. We all got very excited. But then you get the other ones who go out, the, you know, the Kingston Cycling Club or whatever they are. And uh, they cannot ride single file. They've all got to ride two abreast. And so for cars, you just sit behind them. They're just a, they're just a nuisance. It's just a nuisance, I'm afraid. Not very good at all. But I suppose it's the same as everything. You get people who are sort of really into uh, caravanning or people who are into Winnebago's or people who are into motor scooters or motorbikes. And then you get people who are into cycling. I'm assuming lots of them have cars as well at the same time. I don't, I don't really have a problem with things like that, provided they, they obey the rules. That's all, that's all I care about. You know, the rules of the road. If it's a red traffic light, you blum well sit there. They don't. They jump over all of them. Very, very, very awful. Uh, 84850 James says smart witness is the only camera you're allowed to fit in a black cab can't you fit everything else why do you have to fit one particular thing it's a bit ridiculous isn't it I thought you can um, fit in whatever you like I suppose um, Steve definitely uh, oh Cristal Cristal champagne that's right Verve Clicquot is one of the most recognisable champagnes in the world because of the orange label we are from the same world after all the one you couldn't remember is Cristal Ro- yeah I only drink Cristal I don't, I mean, it might be a recognisable champagne, but who wants a recognisable champagne? Uh, there are nice bottles of champagne, Steve, and uh, this is uh, Dom Perignon of Highgate. Verve clique, uh, very nice bottle of wine, great sounding name to enjoy. Uh, it has an uplifting label. Dom Perignon, bit overpriced, you know, the overbranded, but I quite like it. I think it's a nice looking bottle. I like that bottle very much indeed. Cambridge apparently has the best choir in the world, St John's. And also one of the most astonishing wine cellars. He says, sorry, I'm just defending the lovely women of Cambridge. Oh, lovely. I don't think there are any lovely women of Cambridge, are there, really? They don't know. The producer comes from there. Well, I say country. He's not exactly in the middle. He's kind of out to one side. But uh, he says, no, there aren't any uh, nice... It's, it's not known for nice women, is it, Cambridge? It's, it's, it's just known for students. So presumably, when all the students go home at the end of term, or whatever it is, that whole place is deserted. It's like a ghost town with those sort of, you know, leaves blowing down the street and stuff like that. People on the corner going, can't believe it, they were all here last week. all gone now. I don't know why they've all become Welsh <laughs> quite quickly. Uh, more on the Corrie star, cleared of abuse. His uh, wife burst into tears. The strange thing is that this person uh, actually knew the couple. He went to their wedding. He shared a flat with this actor. And um, he'd known him for 20 years. And this is, you know, earlier. You know, most boys go through that kind of sort of gay sort of thing. But the jury only took 29 minutes to find him innocent. And so he's come out of prison. He just thanks everybody when he came out. But isn't it funny? It's somebody you've known for 20 years, you know, who used to share a flat with him. And he said nothing. No complaint was raised about any alleged behaviour from years earlier. It's all very bizarre, isn't it? The jury obviously saw through it, and decided. Although the judge was a little bit, uh, a little bit undecided over the thing. Uh, Prince Philip, they say, needs two months off work, so to, to, to really rest and co- recuperate. To be honest with you, I'm, I mean, I said before, I don't really know what they do is classed as work—going around opening a library or doing whatever it is, or just dinner and shaking a few hands. I'm not sure if that's actually classed with uh, as work, but I mean to be honest with you by now he should have retired the man should be allowed to retire he's he's 92 for goodness sake let him retire let him retire let him just sort of sit there and put his feet up but i i suspect he probably enjoys a little bit of a little bit of work here there and everywhere there is this north south divide or divide as they call it in the paper today premature death is a postcode lottery so in other words the the highest risk place in the country is manchester the lowest risk is Harrow. Harrow. So, in fact, we don't do too badly. Harrow, Merton, Dorset, Richmond-upon-Thames. That's fairly good. Number fourth, Rutland, Kensington and Chelsea, Surrey, Wokingham, Buckinghamshire, Cambridgeshire. Cambridgeshire's in there. That's good, isn't it? And you should live in Harrow, too. Um, You're going to live a long time. That's a disappointment to everybody. Uh, Some of the other bad places not to live. Middlesbrough. Liverpool, Kicks Upon Hull, Nosley, Hartlepool, South Tyneside, Barking and Dagenham, and everybody's favourite holiday resort, Blackpool. Don't go and live there. And uh, Diane Abbott, who's now as big as a small bus shelter. I mean, she's getting bigger by the day. She is like ballooning. She looks like that programme. Is it called Big Mama? Was it Eddie Murphy or something? Eddie Murphy and Big Mama. She looks a bit like that. Perhaps she's modelled herself on it. Perhaps she's got a picture or something. But uh, also, that's from from cancer, those figures there. Um, Premature deaths, heart disease and stroke. Worst place? Manchester again. Tops the list. Blackpool has moved up to number two for that one. And around London, Hackney, Newham... um, Salford is in there, I'm afraid. Lowest, Wokingham, Dorset, South Gloucestershire, Richmond, Richmond upon Thames, number four again. Hampshire, Surrey, uh, Kensington and Chelsea, Barnet, and West Berkshire, for some reason. West Berkshire. The whole list, you, you, you can actually look at the list in the paper today, and the best areas are are around London, the surrounding areas. This is the 150 local authorities in England, ranked on the rate of premature Deaths. It's it, it's worthwhile. I don't think, to be honest with you, you're all going to pack pack up sticks and go and move somewhere because I think it's it's just the lifestyle, isn't it? It's it's only changing your own lifestyle. Malcolm says, I used to hate getting stuck behind a farm tractor. I used to love them, but now I hate them. You could say I'm an ex tractor fan. Okay, the old ones are the best, and uh, we only repeat the old ones on this program, as you probably noticed. Uh, one here. Uh, Great show. As always, I am a cyclist myself, but I ride my bike in a safe and considerate manner, says Michael Dennis, obeying the highway code at all times. I despair at the sights I see every day where the selfish cyclists are concerned. So here's a poem seen through the eyes of a driver who is also a cyclist. We got enough time? Yeah, we got enough time to do it. It's a driver and a cyclist plea. Oh, Lycra man, please hear my plea. For I am quite concerned, you see. The way you ride it bothers me and frustrates too, to some degree. Don't get me wrong, I do not mean to cause offence or make a scene. You see, I ride a bike myself, so I am worried for your health. Each day I drive, I have a fear. From out of nowhere, you'll appear. Across my path, when you've no right, because you've a traffic light. High levels of testosterone... McKismo too, can make you prone to race around and speed a lot, but Bradley Wiggins, you are not. Perhaps a spoonful of bromide administered before you ride would quell your urge to tear about contemptuously as you flout the regulations of the road as laid down in the Highway Code. That set of rules clearly defined with everybody's safety in mind. Try giving us some sort of clue of what you are about to do, like hand signals that indicate, not rude ones that infuriate. There's drivers with an attitude who at each given interlude feel it's their only role in life to cause the cyclist utmost strife. But surely level-headed folk can see it's pointless to provoke, each other daily on the road to breaking point till they explode. Our London is an ancient place, her streets are not for those who race. Cars, lorries, bikes at stupid speeds, ignoring other people's needs. I've no desire to eulogise, be wrongly blamed for your demise. On my conscience I would not like the death of someone on a bike. A cord agreement must be reached, a to vehemently, not breached. More vital than who's right or wrong. Let's find a way to get along. Thank you, Michael Dennis, the black cab poet. And there's your uh, one for cyclists this morning, which Nick Ferrari will be talking about because Andrew Gilligan has said we need more women cycling on the road. Well, I mean, I can't tell the difference. You know, does it really make it... uh, Are women calmer on the road on a bicycle? Or are they barking mad as uh, some of the men out there? Who knows? They'll be discussing that with Nick Ferrari after the news at 7 o'clock this morning. We have the news at 6. Don't forget... If you've just woken up, it's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Our LBC gadget giveaway for today. Yesterday, very happy Nathan from Enfield got the Acer laptop. Today, it's an Apple iPhone 5, SIM-free. News and details are next.
0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning. Yes, the uh, the Jane Ash show. We didn't transmit. Did we we just played small sound bites. There was a was a problem with that one. I do remember. Thank you. It was eighth uh, of April. Eighth of April. For oh, now, you know. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, right. The LBC gadget giveaway at five past six this morning. Yesterday it was the Acer laptop. Today it's the Apple iPhone five sim free. So you get your upgrade. You don't have to pay for anything at all. We just send you the phone. It's SIM-free, Okay, You don't have to sign up to long-term things. It is the top-selling mobile phone. It is the phone to have. I have an Apple... Not even I've got the Apple iPhone 5. Bit of an embarrassment for the godchildren. They go, oh, is that Apple iPhone 5? No, it's not. No, it's not. I should get one, actually. I really should get one. I, I played with one the other day. And it's very thin and very light. Very... Have you got... You got Apple iPhone five. Well, how does that work out? I mean, I'm the star of the show, and I don't have one. And the producer, who comes from Cambridge, God knows where that is, he's got an Apple iPhone. Did you steal it? Well, how did you get one of? Well, how did you get that? It just you paid for it. How much was it? It's, it's a contract, is it? It's, it's ridiculous. But how does he end up with something and I've not got one? I'm a celebrity. I've got to put up with him doing these things. Oh, well. Just as well, I didn't get my phone out in the office. Don't want to be sort of too embarrassed on these. Anyway, so the LBC Gadget giveaway for today is the fantastic top-selling mobile phone. It's the Apple iPhone 5. But you need to know the answer to this question. And you need to make sure you put the word gadget in front when you send it. Which serial brand has Cornelius the Rooster on the box? Which serial brand has Cornelius the Rooster on the box? Text the word gadget... Follow by your answer and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. You've got about 22 minutes. Text costs £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We're playing across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. So which serial brand has Cornelius the Rooster on the box? The Apple iPhone 5. I'm sure that uh, everywhere across the capital and elsewhere, you'll all be going, I don't know, what do we think that is? What do we think that is? And uh, so I I shall let you try and work it out before you enter the competition for today. Uh, Debbie Reynolds plays uh, plays the mum of Michael Douglas, who is playing Liberace. Uh, I was right, though. They are going to put a lot of Liberace stuff into a new museum, downtown Vegas, which I think will be absolutely sensational. Uh, used to be Glasgow, didn't it, Steve? Manchester is now the early death capital of the UK. So it was Glasgow, the home of the deep fried Mars bar, and now it's not. So obviously you're all uh, looking after yourself up there in Glasgow, as we know, Junior. People are looking after themselves uh, more and more. Uh, other st- other stories in the uh, the paper today. This is uh, this is Rihanna. So she- I think she's just kicked off in Cardiff. She. She arrives in Twickenham. Perhaps she wants to pop around for a cup of tea. Perhaps I should phone her and say, pop around for a cup of tea, love, you know, before you do it, go on to the stadium. I can drop you down there in the car, which would be very good indeed. Um, there's, a, there's still more fighting going on with all the groups, which I do love. Uh, I do love a good spat. And uh, this is The Wanted and One Direction. They haven't exactly buried the hatchet. The Wanted's very own Jay McGuinness has backed bandmate Max George in a fight against Zayn Malik. Jay... Tells Clemmy Moody, we're not friends with One Direction. We don't hang out or anything. I reckon Max would win in a fight with Zane. He's got good fighting skills. <laughs> it's getting worse by the day. They're now fighting. We don't know what it's over. We can't remember. if there's. A, it's a long-standing feud over a couple of band members of One Direction. There's been various sort of things backwards and forwards. Uh, Molly King from the Saturdays. Good Lord, still going around. Not very good, I'm afraid. Um, in hot pursuit of Justin Timberlake even dragging her American boyfriend, Jordan Omley, along with her. But uh, she's been on the red carpet and everything else. The trouble is, they're they're under-rehearsed, the Saturdays. Totally under-rehearsed. I do love the idea. I love the idea that uh, those little scamps, the Union J, were being watched over by Sunita... They've said here 74, then they've crossed it out and written 44. That's so terrible, isn't it? The paper, they're so obsessed with age, the papers. I don't know why. That's I suppose we were all as, as obsessed as the next person. I was talking to somebody the other day. I met this lovely lady. She's in Twickenham. And she said, I'm 84. Well, she doesn't look 84. She looks, you know, she could pass for, I don't know, 60 something. If she said she was 68, I'd have probably believed her. But 84, she said, it's only a number. And she still potters about with her trolley, picking up fruit and veg. Oh, incidentally, John finally. At, uh, at Paul Cooper's Fruit and Veg, managed to find those doughnut peaches. I bought them the other day, but I bought some from Marks and Spencers, and it said they always put out. Have you noticed now? They put a new thing on, going new season or really ripe or ready to eat or something. And I had all these stickers on there, and being the generous soul I was, I handed them around in the office, you know, to make sure that people got them. But the trouble is, you need to sit there with, with, with your legs apart because when you bite into it. They're so juicy, they just drip all over the place. And so I was trying to save people's clothes. I was trying to be sort of a good person, but it always came out wrong, I'm afraid, when I do it. But anyway, so I did give one to Nick Ferrari. And Nick Ferrari did say to me, he said, that is the best peach I've ever had. I didn't tell him to open this. I said, he said, that's the best peach I've ever had in my entire life. And so I then proceeded to wind... James O'Brien up. Every five minutes, I kept saying to new people who arrived in the office, Nick Ferrari said this was the best peach he's ever had. And in the end, James O'Brien went, What well, do you shut up about Nick Ferrari and the peach? I thought it was just being helpful, you know. So then somebody else walked in. I said, Do you know, have one of my peaches. Nick Ferrari reckons this. Uh, Claire says, I did see the film Candelabra on Sunday and loved it. Yes, I know people who came down from up north because apparently it's only showing in in London. Either way, it's. It's, it's refreshed and renewed an interest in Liberace that was there donkeys years ago. Donkeys years ago. Um, they're going to be talking about cyclists earlier Surprise, surprise. We seem to have done quite a bit on, on uh, cyclists this morning on the programme. But, in fact, our cycling czar... We'll say we need more female cyclists in London. How do you... Do they go around checking how many women there are cycling? Or do they do surveys saying, if you're a woman, would you cycle in London? Most of the people I speak to about cycling in town say it's far too dangerous to cycle. Whether you're a man or a woman, you know, sit up and beg me, sedate cyclists. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't last five minutes out on the street. You know, mainly because cars can cut you up. If it's raining, they splash you. I mean, the, the, there's no fun being a cyclist. That's why I suppose most of them have got the go-faster stripes and all that kind of stuff on there. But does it... I mean, I don't see that many women cycling. But only because, specific. I'm not looking for women cycling. I'm just assuming it's a male thing. Most of the couriers... Most of the couriers, not all of them, but most of them appear to be men. Most of the people who sort of jump around on the pavement are men. They're just... They're just bad. They're just bad. They're just not... Not very good. They don't have to pass a test... Years ago, we had to do cycling proficiency. I don't know whether that worked for, for men and for women or for boys and girls. I don't know. But that's what we did. We did cycling proficiency. And that proved to somebody that you were able to ride a bicycle responsibly. And then you could indicate right or you could indicate left, depending on which way you were going. You don't just cut in front of somebody. The danger is it's going to be a motorbike going down the middle. It's going to sort of chop your legs off. I don't know what the statistics are. I'm sure that Nick and the team will come up with statistics later on of exactly how many cyclists get injured every year or how many motorists. I bet he's going to have calls from motorists saying, a cyclist went down the side of my car, took my wing mirror off and that, that kind of stuff. I bet you anything. But as for saying more women should be cycling, was they don't want to cycle. Otherwise they'd be cycling. We're not, you know, not back 500 years ago. Women can actually make a decision now, surprisingly. But Andrew Gilligan says that we've got... We need more female cyclists out there. Does it really make a difference? I don't know. You'll find out with, uh, with Nick Ferrari. Um, men's top ten maturity failings I'll bring you in a, in a moment. It's, it's quite interesting. Half of them I can't read because they're, they're rude. And also, uh, this is as experienced by women. So men's top 30 maturity failings as experienced by women. I'll give you a clue. One of them is wearing jeans which have a saggy crotch. I mean, that's just a no-no, isn't it? I mean, that's absolutely a no-no. Showing off about protein shaker and weightlifting and how much they, people can lift and all that kind of stuff. That's a bit naff, isn't it, as well? But my w- one of my favourites is driving a modified car or one with a loud exhaust, i.e. a boy racer. Have you seen some of them, though? They're really sad. They're really sad. They've got these souped-up Mazdas and, and they've sort of Painted the black windows in black. They put some go faster stripes down the side, and they used to paint wings of fire, but they don't bother now. They they, they sort of stick on the, uh, the the plastic hub cap kind of thing. And then at the back, they've actually changed the exhaust for chrome. But the fact is that they can't see anything out of the windows because they're they're too illegal. They are too dark. I've got dark windows, but they're factory fitted. Some people go out there and have these things fitted in there. And you look at me and think, it just looks silly. If you you hadn't wasted so much money putting all the, the furry dice and all the silly things in it, you could have bought a decent car. But of course, they're too stupid for that. They've got no idea. Perhaps they should have bought a bicycle. Quarter past six. Susan Bookbinder with you in uh, ten minutes. You've got ten more minutes of uh, of me. And then after seven, Nick Ferrari and the team, as Boris's cycling czar Andrew Gilligan, claims that London needs more female cyclists because they are more careful and less hot-headed. Nick will be asking, should we get more women on bikes? Plus all the latest on Prince Philip's condition, and our mothers given enough information about caesareans. All that plus the full review of the day's newspapers with Nick and the team. Ben Preston, the editor of the Radio Times, is looking at the papers for this morning. I'll run through those front pages in a in a moment. You've got ten minutes. No, you've got, you've got nine minutes left. So sort of doing myself out of a couple of minutes here to get your entries in for the gadget giveaway, and it's your chance to win the Apple iPhone five today. The Apple iPhone five sim free. So, an Apple iPhone 5 could be yours. It's worth having. All you need to do is tell me which cereal brand has Cornelius the Rooster on the box. Which cereal brand has Cornelius the Rooster on the box. Text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer and send it to 84850. Must be here before 6.30 this morning. It's no good on the dot of 6.30 because on the dot it will switch off. So, it's got to be here before 6.30 this morning. Uh, so do it, my advice is do it now in case you forget about it. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. So good luck to everybody for that one. The Apple iPhone 5 and it's sim-free, sim-free. So these are the, the things. Men's top 30 maturity failings as experienced by women. Wearing trainers to nightclubs. You see, I think they're a young person's thing, trainer. I don't think they are for men. I've got the orthopaedic ones, which have got the Velcro that goes over, because I can't do laces. Uh, Retelling the same silly jokes and stories when we're allowed. Did I tell you about that one? Did I tell you about the vicar? (laughs) Ha! You'll love this one. It's a bit like that. I don't know why they all become northern. I've got no idea. I'm so sorry. Uh, Staying silent during an argument. Sniggering a bit at rude words. Playing video games. Driving too fast or racing another car at the lights or on the motorway. Oh, I hate that. I really hate it. Well, I I tend to be a bit naughty on the motorway. I tend to be in the overtaking lane, because I'm generally overtaking. Because if I find somebody who's just pootling along, you know, sort of doing flower drawings, it really drives me mad. So I I tend to overtake. And then I get the little boy racer up behind me. And I sort of, I I let them get quite close. And then I just touch the accelerator and sort of accelerate away. So a mile down the road, I just pull into the middle lane. And I sort of pootle along and let them go past. Because I'm sure when they go past, they go, yeah, beating him beaten him. It it is that sort of one-upmanship. Mum's still doing their washing. That's a bad thing for men, I'm afraid. Not eating your vegetables and having your mum make any meal for you. That's considered a big no-no, I'm afraid. Uh, The other one was um, wearing pyjamas, particularly cartoon pyjamas. We went into... Where did we go the other day? Oh, the big Marks and Spencers in Oxford Street. And they had socks there, but they were... um, Uh, Waldorf and Statler or something from The Muppet Show, on socks. And a friend of mine said, oh, wow, they're so cool, these socks. And I said, who's going to see them? Who sees them? They're in your shoes. Unless you're going to sort of wear them on your ears or something like that. There's no point, is there? So we didn't buy them. (laughs) It kind of worked out there would be no point at all, I'm afraid. Uh, John says, have you seen the uh, the new TV adverts featuring talentless Tess Daly? Apparently, the producers called for her to do a simple 10-second dance at the beginning, but decided to scrub the idea after they found she still couldn't do it after eight years' practice. Because you're worth it. Was that, is, that, is that her doing that one? I don't know. Is that the other one? Uh, Russell says, I am... Si- he's rude as well. He, he swears, which, is, of course, is bad news, I'm afraid. I'm sick and tired of this endless tirade of abuse against cyclists by you and many of your listeners whining on about cyclists jumping red lights. Listen, there are far too many traffic lights in London. Just replace them with mini roundabouts. Oh, there you go. You see, he jumps red lights. Lawbreaker. Lawbreaker. Actually, I loved it when the police were down here. I told you before, Russell. I hope they caught you as well, because they stopped all the cyclists who jumped all the red lights, who thought that the red lights weren't there for them. They're just sort of so far up their own rear ends. You know, he said, if we had far more protected cycle lanes, well, why don't you pay for them? You pay for, why should we pay for them? I pay a road fund licence, you don't pay anything, you don't have insurance, you've got nothing at all. Whining old Mary, honestly, nothing worse than cyclists who whinge, who whinge. Give us more this, give us more that. Uh, Mark says, I'm a keen cyclist. As opposed to sort of not being a keen cyclist. A few weeks ago, I had to do a sharp left turn on a narrow country lane. As I did it, I was confronted with a group of oncoming cyclists riding six abreast. No harm caused to me, but if it had been a car making the left turn, and even at low speed, they'd have been in trouble. No sympathy for them. Thank you very much indeed, you see. And that's a cyclist talking. Uh, Gloria says, were you jogging in Twickenham? Don't be so ridiculous. Don't be so ridiculous. What are you, on tablets or something? I sound like the sort of person who goes jogging. God in heaven, definitely not. Definitely not. We live in the countryside, says Manda. Southern England in a network of narrow lanes. At the weekend, we are swamped with cyclists riding two or three abreast at about 30 to 40 miles an hour around Blind bends, They're untaxed, uninsured, self-righteous and aggressive. It's now got beyond a joke. Well, they're certainly untaxed, they're certainly uninsured, but is there any way of doing that? Is there any way of making sure that we can get them to to get some insurance? Because they don't have anything at all. And you've heard how aggressive they are when you heard from, uh, who was it, Russell, who's quite clearly one of those aggressive types. You know, I'm well, second tired of this endless tirade of abuse against cyclists. Well of course you are, darling. Of course you are, because you're one of them. You're one of those people who jumps lights put many roundabouts in. How stupid are you? <laughs> many roundabouts. Uh, Natalie says, "A new listener here. How many years have I missed? Just one. She says, "Great to hear Swansea getting a few mentions, because I holiday there with my family every summer as a youngster and go down every so often with my own family, Go Freddy. And she says, "How about cyclists being stopped if not wearing a helmet?" You know, like us drivers should be without a seatbelt. Well, they do stop them. The police around here from Charing Cross, they have a blitz every so often at stopping cyclists. And they, uh, and they find them. And, in fact, he had about three lined up the other day. I sort of went past and smiled, you know, as you do. Uh, eight for eight, five, oh, Steve at LBC. Uh, big mummer is Martin Lauren, not Eddie Murphy. Thank you very much indeed. It's the producer telling me the wrong information. No point ask asking him. He doesn't even know these things anyway. OK, you've got a couple of minutes left to get your entries in for the, uh, the great gadget giveaway for today. Uh, donut or flat peaches, says uh, Jackie. They sell them in my local farm shop. I agree, they're very nice, they're delicious. Nick Ferrari said it was the best peach he'd ever eaten in his entire life. How cool is that? Doesn't get any better, does it? Does not get any better. Uh, sadly, we're coming to the, uh, the end of the programme, which means that you literally have only got about a minute and a half to get your entries in, to get your hands on the Apple iPhone 5 SIM free. Uh, Candelabra was made for US TV. I'm amazed it's being shown at cinemas. It is. Women have more sense, Steve, than to ride in London. And uh, did you have a look, Steve, at Apple's iOS 7 presentation? You'll love it. Take a look on the Apple website. It's gorgeous. And, uh, and loads of other people are saying they've seen the film with Liberace and uh, it's tempted them to check on YouTube. Type Liberace in on YouTube. You can see what the man himself looked like. It's, uh, it's quite interesting. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning between 4 and 6.30. So look forward to your company then. Get those entries in quickly for the Apple iPhone 5 SIM Free. Nick and the team with you after the news at 7. Coming up next on LBC 97.3, it's the morning news with Susan Bookbinder.
0: LBC 97.3